A dead woman outside St. Paul has this great basket beside her, filled with little bags of crumbs, stands all day outside St. Paul, selling the crumbs to the passers-by. And this is what she says. do not look at each other, each looking at themselves, you see, inside. Oi there, it's Tori Chili Party, you've been watching Jaguar's ears, talking about these avatars and powers Tommy with Mary Poppins. This sounds like Spinal Tap. <laughs> oh. I should have expected that would be the route you would take. Hey there, governor. Hello, oh. hello, hello. Hello, hello, we're talking about the Mary Poppins today. It's Mary Poppins. Poppins. Um, that's pretty bad, but even even Americans who have no ear for bad accents can go like, oof, that's... that's hey, Dick, what you doing, Dick? Dick? I mean, I guess you could assume it's part of the character that he's just like, <laughs> a mess, but like, yeah. We're talking yeah. today about... God, one of my personal favorite movies, a movie that Daniel does not care about. We're talking about 1964's eternal classic, the Disney hit Mary Poppins. Woo, fadoo. This is... <laughs> this was always... I, like, we've talked about this before, but I cannot believe I've not browbeaten you into talking about this before. Mm. And... Which kind of makes this the highlight of the entire uh, Disney Through the Decades project for me, because this is my favorite Disney product of all time and, yeah you know, so and yeah you said you had not seen it since like back in the day right yeah i never cared for it when i was a little kid which is you I know what? mary poppins was a pompous ass i everything else aside mm-hmm. I, I know working with you on this podcast for better part of half a de- decade i know you are very sensitive to the length of things not just penises but <laughs> so sensitive <laughs> but to it. You're over. I like you. Know, there's there's entire vast swaths of movies we have not covered on the podcast because they were more than ninety minutes long. And, that, and like I yeah you I you were you were starting sat down to watch this earlier this week and on Twitter you were like what the fuck is this movie too? 
was it two hours and like 43 two minutes? Hour, two hours and 22 minutes. What the? I had no For a idea. movie about a uppity uh, nanny. I saw that and I was like, oh no. Who doesn't even show up. Who doesn't even show up till half an hour I in. Was keep, I was keeping very keen track at the time of watching this. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me that she doesn't show up until 25 minutes in this fucking movie? Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> Oh, so I was like, oh man, we're already behind the eight ball already, just with a movie that, it's longer than most Marvel movies. How the hell did that mm -hmm. happen? And to think that, like, I'm sure, because it was the 1960s, I'm sure there were places where they showed this with an intermission, so it probably would have been almost like three hours long. Jesus Christ, so what, <laughs> do you just, like, what did you think about it? How dare you, sir? <laughs> How dare you? Oh. How dare you complain about the fact that Sword in the Stone did not have a plot, and yet you squeeze this movie to your bosom and, and smother you. it with kisses. You know what? But at least I'm trying this to is Shapoopy the movie. Shut up! I hate you. This is a perfect gem of a film. This I was keenly aware of that we would have this conversation while watching this movie because I'm like, oh my god, this movie is nothing but filler for, for two and a half hours. <laughs> here but musical numbers i to be i <laughs> oh my god <coughs> i'm turning into mr dawes um i did i was reading about how even walt disney was like at one point he's like we have to at least get rid of stay awake this the lullaby number and we mm -hmm. have to get rid of the edwin laughing part because like this movie's already running long and those two sequences by themselves are like half an hour if we get rid of those we'll cut half an hour out of this movie and everyone else around him was like, But Walt, this movie's so magical, we can't get rid of those. And he's like, fine, fuck it, we'll just keep everything in. Like, yeah, it'll just be two and a half hours long. So even Walt Disney agreed with you that this movie needed to be shorter. And everyone else mm. is like, we suck your dick, Walt Disney, don't change a <laughs> thing. And so I'm not necessarily <laughs> saying it needed to be shorter because, I mean, it moves fine because there's always something happening. There's just no plot in well, between the things that happen and... I would argue that there's a that lot of musical numbers in here. You could actually get rid of "Stay Awake" and the laughing thing, because other than those two things, at least everything else in the movie that kind of move, at least is character centric or drives the plot forward at least a little bit. Mm. It's not. I mean, then the whole point of Shapoopy, which well, was Shapoopy from the Music Man? That's yeah. like a musical theater shorthand for a, a musical number that doesn't do anything. It's just there, just just to show off one random actor's, like, fucking stage credentials or whatever the fuck. So you could... <laughs> but yeah. Well, that's part of the problem. We've talked about this a whole bunch with all kinds of Disney movies. Uh, because so many of Disney feature films are adapted from very episodic children's books, which are by nature, like, just a bunch of random shit happening for a whole book because they were written by people who were like, I want to write a book, like, a book that's just essentially a collection of bedtime stories that are all self-contained. So it's very hard to, like, create, like, a three-act motion picture narrative, cohesive, that's not just a bunch of ran rambling incidents. And, yeah, you definitely feel that in Mary Poppins where they were just, like, trying to stitch together, like, different bits and pieces from the Mary Poppins books into, like, a cohesive narrative. And I am, yeah, I am completely... I, I have no objectivity, because this movie dented me so hard when I was a kid that, like, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I've never heard have... that before. God damn, Jesus fucking Christ. Just <laughs> even watch, you know what, I, it's, it's, it's I, I've seen this movie so much 
that mm -hmm. like I don't even watch it that often anymore. Just because it's so baked in my DNA, I don't need to watch it that much. Mm, so this you just been... close your eyes and you see her. Oh, I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> you joke, but man, at this point, yeah, I can pretty much just recite the movie for you. Uh, so yeah. this may be the first time. This is definitely the first time I've watched it on Disney Plus. This may be the first time I've seen it in, in, in HD. Mm. And so I noticed all kinds of like just little details and stuff like and I was like even on Twitter last night I was mooning about the special effects in this movie. But fucking Julie Andrews. Oh Jesus H Christ. Julie Andrews in HD. Oh, how you doing? Mm. Those blue eyes and the mm. pert little nose and the rosy cheeks, mm. how you doing? And so yeah, I am completely incapable of being objective about this movie just because it's this yeah it's baked in my dna this, i'm just a sucker for everything in this movie so yeah is this the only julie andrews project you give a shit about i mean i've still never seen uh sound of music sound of music i've seen clips she's got the shitty haircut and it's about <laughs> nuns and nazis and i don't care about nuns or nazis i mean i like <laughs> christopher Plummer. But, yeah, no, and, like, didn't she, like, make Sound of Music, like, right after this, too? It's, so it's still, like, prime Julie Andrews? Yeah, no, and... Fucking, I, you know, this may be the first time I've watched Mary Poppins since we've started doing the podcast. I had to say mm. it. Part of me is like, mm, you know, I got the, mm, the boner going from Julie Andrews. I'm like, mm, how you doing? Then I think about, oh, she's married to that piece of shit who made Victor Victoria. <laughs> and then part of me yeah. is like, my lust hurt, my lust curdles in my blood. And I'm just like, mm, no, thank you. Like, oh, God. So I am now officially it's... torn about Julie Andrews, but Jesus. Well, it seems like, aside from Mary Poppins, all of the haircuts she had in her career were atrocious to look at, so maybe yeah. that's why well, you barely Mary get to Poppins see her hair is the this... only thing. Yeah, she's wearing a hat, for... <clears throat> a hat for most of this movie, too, so you didn't get to... Well, I mean, she also became a thing during the 1960s, which is the era defined by terrible haircuts. Yeah. But, at least for women. I guess for men, the terrible haircut decade was, like, the 70s, where everyone was all shaggy and shit, but, like, at least she doesn't have, like, a beehive hairdo or anything like that, but... Um, yeah, so Mary Poppins, I can't be objective about it. What did you, were you okay with it? Like, on a second, did, like, was it as bad as you remembered it being, or? It's fine, it's, I, but I didn't okay. watch it, like, a, it's not a movie, it's just a series, it's yeah. of, of follies. It's just one musical number after another, there's nothing to yeah. follow. I, and even then, because I grew up with this movie, and actually, as much as I, I like, the movie and uh, one of the one of the few records I had when I was like little, like when I was like five years old, was the Mary Poppins soundtrack. And so everything, just even about the music and everything like that, even the aesthetics, kind of the like early to mid '60s kind of like fonts for the titles and everything like that, and even the way the movie shot is just so baked into me. This is what Disney is. That like mm -hmm. again, yeah, I'm just yeah, I can't be objective about any of this stuff. Um. They actually, the, really, when push comes to shove, the most interesting stuff about Mary Poppins, if you're talking about it objectively, is mostly about the making of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and, and aside from the fact that this is also the last thing Disney was really involved with before he died, or at least the last thing that became to fruition while he was still alive, because I, you know, he still had to dip this. He, he was still, <clears throat> he had some input into like Winnie the Pooh and Jungle Book and stuff like that, but this is this was like his even by his own admission, this was like his masterpiece. This is his own big cinematic push. Cause I think the only thing he was working on when he was working on Mary Poppins that wasn't Mary Poppins was Epcot. He was just doing all the Walt Disney World stuff. 
And so it's not like he was even really worried about any other features at the studio or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, um, I guess, uh, Walt first learned about Mary Poppins in 1938 when the book's publisher sent him, sent the studio copies of the Poppins books, uh, in the hopes that the studio might option them, because, you know, the, in, in 1938, the Snow White had just come out, and I guess Walt had set about to do exactly that. He, he read the books, and he was like, oh, these are actually pretty good, but the author, P.L. Travers, um... I guess for the next 25 years, there's this weird cat and mouse game between P.L. Travers and Walt Disney, uh, mm -hmm. where he kept on coming to her and saying, hey, please, I love these books. I'd love to uh, turn these into movies. And I guess she absolutely hated Disney's output. She hated cartoons. She hated Disney's sentimentality. She didn't seem to be a big fan of, like, American sensibilities at all. And... Uh, but, but I guess the whole time she was turning down Disney... She, like, there was all these other adaptations that kind of came by, came and went. Like, I guess Stephen Sondheim for a while had tried to do an adaptation. Um, and CBS in 1949, they actually did manage to pull together a little bit of a Mary Poppins television adaptation. Just like a one-off, like, TV movie. Um, starring Mary Wicks, which, <clears throat> that cracks me up. Have you ever seen White Christmas? Yeah. Uh, she is the nosy bed and breakfast innkeeper who artificially fattens up the plot towards the end of the movie because there's this whole misunderstanding with telephone calls and stuff. Uh, she played Mary Poppins in that adaptation. It's also interesting because her last job ever on, in a movie was she was the voice of one of the gargoyles in the Hunchback from Notre Dame Disney adaptation. Yeah. And she actually died halfway through. And so they had to get someone else to kind of like fake her voice. So that's why... If you watch Hunchback of Notre Dame, the, the old lady gargoyle, her voice kind of changes from scene to scene. It's because Mary Wicks, who was the first person to play a live-action Mary Poppins, had died. Um, And so, I guess by the late 50s, uh, P.L. Travers had gone out of her way to court Audrey Hepburn to star in a live-action Mary Poppins TV show. Uh, she kept on writing to Hepburn, just begging her to be like, you need to be, if I ever do Mary Poppins, it needs to be you. And, and she, I guess part of her pitch to Audrey Hepburn was like, like, she simply wrote, if I'm tied up completely with Disney, I would feel so frustrated for I don't like his fairy stories that I don't think I could ever go on writing ever again. Like, it's weird that like, and she's like, for, I don't know why she thought like Audrey Hepburn was so perfect for Mary Poppins uh, over everyone else, because she had very specific, P.L. Travers was really exacting about how the mm -hmm. pop and story should be adapted and stuff, but, like, um, but I guess the Audrey Hepburn adaptation of Poppins eventually fell apart. I'm sorry, I'm just rambling. I just wanted to get no, all the trivia fine. out of the way before. I knew you were going to do the, this, uh, have history on this. Yeah, this is actually less notes than some of the other things I've taken before, but, um, mm -hmm. but, yeah. I was the, curious about all the backstory on this anyway. Well, it's funny because there's a little thing. Well, and so have you ever heard of the, the kerfuffle about Audrey Hepburn versus Julie Andrews about how their careers in Hollywood kind of started? Um, mm -hmm. Because, well, anyway, uh, the Audrey Hepburn adaptation of Poppins eventually fell apart while Walt Disney had discovered Julie Andrews in a production of Camelot, which we talked about in the Sword in the Stone thing. Mm -hmm. And so Walt wanted her to be Mary Poppins if he could ever get P.L. Travers to agree to make a film. Uh, but Julie Andrews was also starring in a Broadway version of uh, My Fair Lady, 
which they were also thinking about turning into a movie, and so everyone assumed that she would be the star of the movie version of My Fair Lady. Um, fortunately for Walt Disney, uh, the studio heads in charge of the My Fair Lady movie adaptation didn't think Julie Andrews was big enough star to, uh, to be the lead in that film adaptation, so they fired her and hired Audrey Hepburn instead to be the star mm -hmm. of the movie version of My Fair Lady, and that's freed up uh, Julie Andrews to be the star of Mary Poppins. And it's this is a famous Hollywood thing where uh, both My Fair Lady and Mary Poppins were head-to-head -head against each other at the Oscars the year after both movies came out. And Audrey or uh, Julie Andrews kicked the shit out of Audrey Hepburn. It, like she, I don't think Audrey Hepburn even got nominated for Best Actress, but Julie Andrews did win for Mary Poppins. And I think her the famous thing is that her acceptance speech for her best Oscar win for Mary Poppins started off with, like, she thanked Jack Warner, the head of Warner Brothers, who made the decision to fire her from My Fair Lady and hire Audrey Hepburn instead. Oh, man. Light so, that bridge on fire. Yeah, so... That's it's just, like... I, it just... It just cracked me up to find out that P.L. Travers thought that Audrey Hepburn... Like, specifically, she, like, I guess her... P.L. Travers? She, she thought... Uh, Julie Andrews was okay as a potential Mary Poppins, but she said she was too pretty, though she had the right nose for Mary Poppins, which is such an arbitrary, wow. just like, P.L. Travers sounds like she's out of her fucking mind. Uh, but yeah, I'm almost at the end of my notes, we can start talking about the movie soon, but... That's fine. Yeah, Walt Disney finally hired, uh, finally got P.L. Travers to sign on for the Poppins film by visiting her in London himself and promising her a cut of the profits and input into the casting of the script. What Walt didn't tell Travers is that he wasn't legally obligated to actually use any of that input, and so he all but completely ignored everything she had to say once the pre-production uh, process had ended. Um, Pushed her over and said, it's mine now, nerd. Yeah, and they, fucking Disney, just in the last couple of years, they made a whole movie about this. With yeah. Tom Hanks and fucking what's-her-name as Walt Disney and P.L. Travers, and even the people at Disney were like, yeah, this is kind of, this is kind of, we kind of bullshitted our way about like because i think at the end of the movie like pl travers like oh thank you walt disney and in the end it, like no that has. she she continued to hate walt disney for all of this stuff but yeah travers was so frozen out of the rest of the creative process on mary poppins that the studio didn't even bother sending her an invite to the film's premiere and she only got an invite after uh hunting down one of the disney studio executives embarrassing the hell out of them and just saying hey i'm gonna make a huge kerfuffle if i don't get an invite to this goddamn thing and lastly, the premiere of Mary Poppins ended with P.L. Travers in tears because she hated the film so much. Uh, she supposedly walked up to Walt after the film was over and demanded that all the animation in the film be removed. Uh, to which Walt Disney said, Pamela, that ship has sailed and just walked away. They never talked about it. <laughs> and that's it. And so That ship's walking out the door right now. <laughs> was... Marching up the stairs. And so they got me kind of reading about P.L. Travers and stuff and like... It's funny because, like, even her lawyer, I guess, had written to her, because I guess she, after Mary Poppins came out, all she did was bitch and complain about how terrible the movie was and how much she hated it. And it got to the point that, like, I read something about how her lawyer writing to her was like, Pamela, well, you understand you hate this movie, but if you hate it so much, then why do you keep on cashing the checks that they're sending you for royalties on this? And also, then why are you following the film around to every goddamn premiere that it's premiering at if you hate it that much? Like, you're just going there to bitch. You're not doing yourself any favors. Calm the fuck down. Like, either shit or get off mm -hmm. the pot. Like, 
Because she's definitely, like, reveling in the attention, but then at every opportunity she's complaining about the movie. And, like, yeah, it's, it's just... It's just sound, everybody involved sounds like a delight. Yeah, and there's all kinds of shit about how, like... So, because of Walt eventually abandoned her after she got... After he got her to sign on to the movie, that he pretty much just stuck her with the Sherman Brothers, who wrote the songs for Mary Poppins. And so she pretty much wound up working with them rather than Walt directly. And even the Sherman Brothers have a lot of stories about how they eventually were, came to be okay with her, but like at the start she was just completely like, your songs are stupid, I don't think songs should be in this movie, and if there should, uh, there need to be any songs, you should, it should just be like green sleeves and some other like old English class, and they're like, no, this is a musical, we need to, like, we can't just like, we need to come up with new songs, you don't understand what, like, how musicals work, you can't just like, take old like English ballads, you have to like, and so she was like, fine, and... There's all kinds of tapes where they're, like, working together. And it's funny, though. It's This is the last thing we'll talk about before we get into the movie. There is a little bit, though, even though you can hear on tape just bitching to the Sherman Brothers about how much she hates everything about what they're producing. There is a little bit where they're showing her Feed the Birds. They're demoing Feed the Birds, which mm -hmm. is the big emotional kind of gut punch of this movie, at least if you like Mary Poppins, most people tend to agree that Feed the Birds is the big emotional core of the movie, and I guess it actually turned out to be Walt Disney's favorite song that anyone had produced for any of the Disney movies, because he would just like wander the studio at night, and like if the Sherman Brothers happened to be there, he would like walk up to them and be like, you know, you know, you know what song You better like. sing me that fucking song. It was song definitely like, fucking... yeah, play it again, Sam, kind of thing. But there is a, I did find a little tape where they're playing Feed the Birds for her, and despite all of her complaining and stuff, she actually starts singing along with the fucking song. Very softly, very quietly, but they fucking got her. At least with that one song. She may have hated the whole movie, <laughs> but at least they got her with Feed the Birds, which cracks me up, because, mm. like, that is my, like, I see the Feed the Birds, and I get old roast beefy weefs too so i'm like well, but mm. regardless of your complaining they got you pamela traveler travers but anyway so that's all the yeah that's all the background from stuff. what happens what happens, what happens? uh it, it, the, the well the movie opens going across the clouds or whatever and then you see mary poppins sitting on a cloud pitching off a loaf right into a park <laughs> You know what? I just realized mm. we're 23 mo minutes into the recording of this episode. It's fitting because that's how long it takes for Mary Poppins to actually show up later in the movie. Yeah. So. I but guess yeah. technically she shows up in the first couple minutes because you see her well, in the clouds, yeah. but then she never comes they back. They have to shoot you at the beginning because otherwise you'd be like, what's a half an hour into this movie? When the fuck is the title character going to show up? Jesus Christ. But yeah, you yeah. see her for once and she's pooping in a cloud. Mary Poopins. <laughs> yeah. Mary Poopins. And then it goes down to the park and it's Bert. Dick Van Dyke. Watch him do some awful rhymes for people. Man, these yeah. limericks are terrible, Bert. And he's a one-man band, and he's all just he's like, He's a yeah. one-man band. There's some little girl that's got a bunch of old age makeup on her face, because they couldn't find a short old lady, I guess? Uh, that's one of the problems with watching the shit in HD. <laughs> like, I don't, know, I'm not, I don't know if that's a bug or a feature, or what's happening uh -huh. there, but yeah. Um, yeah. You know, one thing I didn't realize, too, they filmed all this in Burbank. Too, which is actually pretty impressive that they didn't actually go to London. Just because later, like, there's actually you get to see some like city scenes, so it's kind of impressive to think that most of this movie is just like matte paintings and stuff. But yeah, um, I guess they couldn't find an old English lady, so they took like a yeah, 17 year old girl from Burbank and just put some makeup on her face and said, <laughs> "You're now an old English lady." I guess I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the wind's blowing. It's all happened before. It'll happen again. Oh no! <laughs> it's the it's the monster from beyond space has come back. Uh -huh. yeah. uh -huh. And everybody's like, "Yay, that was great, Bert." But 
they loved it, but not enough to give him money. A couple yeah. people give him some tuppence. And then he talks directly to the camera. I forgot that takes that happened, us, yeah. Yeah, takes us to Cherry Tree Lane, shows us Admiral Boone, this crazy old queen that lives with his lover, and they blast off the cannon every day. Speaking of apparently, characters... <laughs> apparently, no one has a problem with this man blowing a cannon up every day. Speaking of characters, you could excise completely this film and not miss anything. Like, no, why? you, what you is can't, the... Jim, Bill, you can't lose the great joke of them having to to hold the furniture down every time he explodes it. I guess from a character perspective, it kind of shows that the Banks family, especially the dad who, the whole point of this movie is that he's a hard ass and he learns to be a little bit less of a hard ass by the end of the film, I guess kind of shows that they already kind of live in kind of a slightly wacky environment. And if he can put up with that, then maybe he could eventually learn to put up with Mary Poppins. I guess? But If you yeah. want to read it that way, sure. <laughs> I, guess, well, I mean, yeah, but you have to bend over back real hard to even read it that way. But yeah. So that's the th yeah. So there's a whole kinds of yeah, boom and go off. Um, yep. go ahead. So that we go over to the Banks's house. Hello, hello, hello. We go inside, <laughs> and Katie Nan is there. She says, "Fuck this place and fuck you all." I had to deal with the giant stone together monster man, but you, these kids and their disappearing act are too much for me. Do you reckon? Is that because did I forgot about her before? I recognized her from something else, and then so I looked her up, and then I was like, okay, she was that lady. Yeah, she was that lady. I didn't realize until recently that this is Elsa Lanchester, who played the Bride of Frankenstein, is... What's, what's her character's name? I've seen this movie before. <laughs> Nana Elsa, whatever, yeah. Nana Elsa. Uh, uh, yeah, she's getting... Katie I, Nana. I guess she is the current kid's nanny. She's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Your kids are goddamn monsters. Yeah. Hey, hey. This movie does a bad job uh, giving any sort of reason why these kids are so terrible. They disappeared a couple times. I... And that's enough for everybody to be like, we can't handle these fucking Especially kids. Especially the Louise. girl, because she was always so like, hello there, I'm a little girl. But supposedly in real life, though, the boy was a real son of a bitch. Mm. Like, there, I read a couple anecdotes reading up about the making of this movie where... A couple of people were like, mm, he was a strong couple. Of, even Dick Van Dyke was like, he was quote unquote a handful. Which mm. he is, he does, he's got, he's got this little pug face, red hair. He looks like a little motherfucker. But within the context of the film, yeah. And they really play up uh, the, the kids are this terror because the whole beginning of this movie is the fucking Bride of Frankenstein freaking. Oh, because she's an English woman living in Burbank. That's why she's in the movie because she's probably one of the few actual <laughs> English people. That, okay, yeah. I just, I'm trying to think about why she wouldn't even be in this movie, but, um... Yeah. So Mrs. Banks come home, home. she, this, this, she, she's a suffragette, suffragette. She won't listen to Katie. You've Nana. never heard wants the to sing David Bowie song, song, Suffragette City? Yeah. Uh, she wants to sing a song about being a feminist. It's a very important song, very important <laughs> to have here. Uh, <laughs> I hate to keep on agreeing with you, but another part of the movie could easily lift from the movie, you won't lose a thing. Um... Mm -hmm. I guess the melody for that song was supposed to be, I guess originally Mary Poppins was supposed to have an introductory song called Practically Perfect that, like, had that melody, but then they just looked and Hey. They decided the mom in, needed a song, so they just took that melody and just gave her a song about fighting for women's in, votes. At the time this movie came out, would people have seen this mother and said, Ooh, she wants to vote. She's a bad person. In the 1960s? It's funny, too, because this movie takes place in 1910. And so yeah. it's, it's not even, like, that long ago. It would have only been 50 years in the past, so... There would have been people alive who saw this movie who were alive when this happened. It's funny to think that there would have been women 
watching this movie for when they were when they were teenagers didn't have the right to vote yet. I never think thought mm. about that. So at least the women you would think would be like, go on, right on, sister. I'm sure there's some dudes who would have seen this movie and been like, fuck this lady. I'm sure the audience would have been divided. Because at the end of the movie, it seems like her big character arc was now she's over that and wants to spend time with her family instead little, of fighting for her daughter's rights. It is a little. I guess they need to give her a little bit arc because I guess the dad gets an arc, so her arc needs to be like, ah, oh, yeah, fuck. So this is a good thing or a bad thing? She's trying to do this. Yeah. It's unclear at this in my current age. It is funny that the parents are both on their completely separate orbits, completely detached from their kids. And also part of this is I don't know, like it's it's weird because. Like, the, this whole movie seems to be, like, taking it at face value from the movie's perspective seems to be just a criticism that the fact that the parents even need a nanny in the first place. Mm. Because the whole point is that at the end of the, the parents learn that they don't, they don't need an added nanny, then they can take care of their kids by themselves. Which, it's called Mary Poppins, it's all about a nanny. So it's not yeah. even like that. Like it's a little bit weird. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's a bug and what's a feature in terms of like what this movie's trying to say about that kind of stuff. But doesn't uh, matter. So She's Mrs. Quitting. Banks finds out that yeah. the nanny's leaving and gets upset. Who will watch the children? One of their two maids? Their their <laughs> own is... mother? Heaven forbid the mother can't watch the children. Jesus Christ. How much cooking they need do they does this cook need to do for four people who we never actually see eating? Like is the, yeah. Bill is the only reason this doesn't set off your like class warfare McMansion shit is oh. because it takes place in nineteen ten? Um, yeah, because Julie Andrews, that, that shows the power of Julie Andrews. That mm. I should fucking want to punch this. Yeah, exactly, yeah, because uh, my well-documented, like, class warfare. Yeah, that's a good point. And also, it is distant enough that, like, uh, you know what, it really, we'll get to this towards the end of the movie, but, like, this movie freaked me out so much as a kid, the loneliness of the dad at the end of the movie, that, mm. like, I'm so inherently, supernaturally, like, uh, empathetic towards the dead wow. that like from a, an emotional perspective the class issues don't set my shit off as much also the fact that the dad he seems to be like this little man who's like doesn't seem to be any taller than the children he's like this little mousy dude and i think i would have been more upset if he had been like if he'd been like the bad guy from titanic which would be mm. taking place around the same time as this movie cal if he had been this big muscular like because if you, if you made Mary Poppins today, that's totally what the dad would have been. You would have gotten like some like, and the fact that it's more like a rat-faced little Chuck E. Cheese dude seems to be a little more, I don't know, the fact that like he's kind of a homely kind of like dude who's, I don't know. We'll talk yeah, we'll about get that to towards him. the end We'll of the get film. to him in a sec, yeah. because their, con their conversation gets interrupted that they have to, the cannon goes off and they have to keep shit from falling oh, yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yet everybody just lets this crazy old man exist. <laughs> They're just waiting for the him to die. Like, yeah, maybe they're yeah. just waiting for accidentally blow himself up and they don't have to worry about the shit anymore. So here comes Mr. Banks, this fucking piece of shit, <laughs> coming home to his house that is way out of his league with a wife who's way out of his league. <laughs> so you're the Frank Grimes? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would. So is this so this whole movie just Frank Grimes except Frank Grimes <laughs> except, is a hot woman what, who wins at uh, the end. Except Homer's a likable human and uh Yeah. Well, and there's the whole thing <laughs> too of like he's so completely checked out of what's going on in his own home. Katie Nana, she's quitting and he helps her stuff. He helps her get into a carriage and leave and he doesn't realize that she's quitting. 
He's just yeah. like, oh, she's just he's not even paying he's attention. He's oblivious to the, his yeah. whole world. So can't have you, see past the looked, end of his own nose. You you probably haven't seen it before, but look up the actress who played the mom and mermaid. She played a mermaid at some point. Oh no! Let's see. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Uh, She's also in uh, Danny Kaye movie Court Jester, which is actually very good. Was she good in that? I think so. The mom is very weird because she's got like a very weird voice. She's like, mm -hmm. talk like this. She's kind of <laughs> like the girlfriend from Pee-wee's Big Adventure where she's got meow or the children. <laughs> what am I talking mm. about? Go ahead. I'm looking up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. Oh, speaking uh, of which, casting. Uh, yeah. Just because if I don't remember now, I'm going to... Uh, the daughter, the kid, uh, is... Oh, God, she is Karen Dotrice, and I thought the last name was interesting. She, I can't rem remember if she's the mom, the sister, or the daughter of Roy Dotrice, who narrated all the Game of Thrones books and actually mm. wound up being in the Game of Thrones show. I think she may be mm. that guy's daughter. Just throwing that out there. But Okay, go ahead. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, um, oh, wait, no, that's not... Okay, I'm sorry. So then he sings a song about how he feels like a real man when he comes home and <laughs> yeah. lets us know it's 1910 and King George is on the throne and oh man, isn't it being totally awesome being a dude? It is, uh, yeah. And then it he is. finds out his his kids are missing how and runs straight to the phone to call the police because <laughs> he can't handle anything himself. Yeah. Not raising his kid, not cooking, not cleaning, nothing. How did this movie not set off any of my clothes? In retrospect, I, don't know. I never even thought about that until now. Because this, this whole song is about how he's all like, strong, stern, firmius. All like, yeah, yeah so very English. He's like, you need to send a policeman over to my home right away. And there's well, a knock on the door and it's a policeman. And I do like the joke that because like the policeman only shows up literally 10 seconds after he rings up police. Yeah. And he's like, oh, very good service. Thank you very much. And just hangs up the mm -hmm. phone. But So yeah. wait, so what's up with Mary Poppins' mom and the mermaid? She was a hot mermaid. Is this from th something that you know specifically? No, I just, uh, I I was looking what she was into. Oh, not into. What she was in, and like a mermaid image was on Google, <laughs> and I was, was like, into. "What the hell? What kind of fetish is field?" What? Because she was oh, in the she mermaid. Was actually pretty, I, I guess she was a mermaid villain in a horror movie mm. called Miranda from 1950. How you doing? How you oh, doing? Oh no! Now I got the hots for Mary Poppins' mom. Oh no! Oh <laughs> no! What kind of fetish? How many fetishes can Bill Mutter develop for one Disney film? Anyway. A lot. Oh, okay. So but yeah. So the, poli the, the policeman's the like, yeah. "Hey." You all got found your ugly, ugly kids out in the park trying to f chase a kite. And they're like, we're terribly sorry, Father. We only wanted, we didn't mean to run away. We only wanted to chase a kite. And the cop's like, maybe if their dad flew a kite with them, this wouldn't <laughs> be a problem, huh? Yeah, it's like the cop is kind of like, and then the dude's like, and then, and then the dad's like, well, if you just go into the kitchen, he's trying to get the cop out of here. And the cop yeah. keeps on pressing the issue, but if you just looked after your kids, this wouldn't be an issue. And yeah. like the, the fucking bank's dad is all like, oh, go, go, go into the kitchen. and He'll serve you up a plate. And for some reason, the, the cop takes real umbrage with that. And that's yeah. what gets him to leave. But Fix under his breath, he's like, oh, they're going to make me a plate. Yeah, it's like, Jesus, <laughs> what kind of relationship does the dad have with this cop? It's funny. It's, it's totally knowing this movie was made in Burbank, though. Like every character actor like that, like the constable. Like, it's a, it's a real guess as to whether or not that, like, that's an actual English dude or somebody, because, like, he's got a big walrus mustache and stuff, and he yeah. seems like such a cartoon parody of what you think an English police officer would be, but yeah. yeah. But anyway. So, um, so uh, later, after the kids get sent to the room, 
Uh, the mom's like, I'll do better. Like, Man, this has happened <laughs> six times in the last four months. I'll handle this myself. Take down an ad for me, woman. I gotta sing a song about how I need a hard-ass nanny with a, with a soul oh, of stone. Yeah. And, and we gotta do this shit as, you know, as full as possible. Get it out there. Really, really let them know we want a hard-ass. But then his ugly kids come back in the room and are like, We made an ad for 92. So now we gotta uh, sing a song about how she's gotta be better than both of our parents because you two suck ass and she's gotta have rosy cheeks <laughs> and not smell like a butthole and she's gotta play games and read us bedtime stories and sing songs. Like, slow your roll, kids. They give um, us candy, not medicine. It's... You know what? This is the when they're singing their little song about like mm-hmm. who, what, like because they've written their own goddamn advertisement that they want the dad to put in the paper. Excuse me, Bill. Uh, it's an advertisement. Advertisements. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I did see again. Just reading about P.L. Travers driving everyone crazy. Like that's the kind of shit she was like when like she was going with the the, the Sherman brothers. Like even though they weren't in charge of the script, like she would scream at them, but like not scream, but like she was very like specific about like how. You can't, you don't employ people, you engage them. She was like this, like, very specifically, like, like, he's just micromanaging just even, like, the, which, she was from England, I guess she would know the, uh, but, like, it's not even, but the funny thing is Sherman Brothers weren't even in charge of the script, but she was complaining to the wrong people because she got cast. Anyways. But, would anybody remember anything about Mary Poppins ever if it wasn't for the movie? Yeah, no, no, because no one cares about, like, maybe in England Mary Poppins is a different thing, but yeah, in the rest of the world it's just the movie and that's it. Even the, even the movie these days? How many people really give a shit about the movie? Unless you're like no. a hardcore Disney aficionado. But it's when the kids are singing their goddamn advertisement song, which I can feel the most like, okay, maybe this movie's a piece of shit. Because it's, <laughs> it's such a cutesy, like, we hope she doesn't make us drink a body water. And I'm like, oh, God, this is so. Yeah, I, I can almost kind of sound Dale Travers on this one. What was wrong with kid actors in the 60s and 70s that they were all such garbage? I think it's just because, like, it the haircuts or the faces? Yeah, and the, and the fact that the boy, he's got this little pug face. I actually do think the dog is pretty a, good, but, like... Did they have a different idea of what cute was I back then? I think it then? really does boil down to little kids are just like, we don't kids. And people, I mean, it's also easy to forget that, like, one of the best things that Steven Spielberg ever did was kind of like Russian in an era of more naturalistic child acting because he mm-hmm. was all about trying to get kids to act as, I mean, he didn't direct the Goonies, so a lot of people will joke about like how Goonies or Monster Squad is this, the opposite of like naturalistic child acting. But like in Close Encounters and in E.T. and stuff, <clears throat> it really was a new kind of like kids acting like kids and less like, I'm going to sing you a song that's obviously written by two middle-aged Jewish men. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. So, and this is totally a highlight of, like, yeah, total perfect thing of, like, we're precocious children. We do the things that make the adults laugh. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so after they sing a song about how they want everything and <laughs> they want and the Annie, world, they leave and he rips up the ad and throws it in the fireplace and says, it's time to take action. And calls the times to place an ad and as the torn up paper blows up the chimney. The next day, there's like 50 nannies waiting around outside, all ugly as sin. They have to wait till exactly 8 a.m. There's a whole... Yeah, another reason why this movie's two and a half hours long is there's a whole, like, ten minutes of, like, 
more shtick with Admiral Boom, and, like, they gotta wait until yeah. 8 o'clock to open the doors, and yeah. When the 8 a.m. rolls around, everybody's in their places to catch the furniture, except for Mr. Banks, because he can't be bothered. He's an asshole. I do like there's a bit, though, after the Admiral <sighs> Boom does his thing, he's trying to, like, straighten his tie in front of a, a mirror that's swinging side to side, and he's just, yeah. like, going with it, which, you know, I guess that also does add, like, in a movie like this, where the whole point is that, like, Mary Poppins is showing the kids what a cool world it can be, like, outside of their home and stuff like that, I guess you want to keep the home parts, even though, like, you're trying to draw a contrast between the boring, their boring normal lives and the, and the crazy shit Mary Poppins is going to show them. But I guess you still want to keep, like, their home life a little bit entertaining, so I guess the Admiral Boom does kind of do that, especially if you're making a movie targeted towards kids. So at least there's some kind of entertainment value, it's not just completely stodgy, but it is, it is artificially lengthening the film. And me commenting yeah. is artificially lengthening our podcast, well shut up. Oh, you're fine. I just thought about that so dynamic just now. Yeah. Kids look out the window and they're like, man, these old nannies look like shit. They're not anything like what we wanted. And just, the they say it loudly enough that the nannies probably couldn't help but hear them say like these, yeah. these kids are like, you fucking uggos. <laughs> so then the wind comes in and blows them all away. It does. It, it gets, the, the, this is a sequence that goes on for a while. I do like some of the wire work here. Uh, where yeah. there's, like, one nanny who's just, like, flat against the wind who's getting blown away. It's pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah. You think they died? Uh, yes. Okay. I think nanny, <laughs> I, I think Mary Poppins just doesn't give a fuck, and she will just, yeah, she, her trail of blood every time she shows up is, is, is a mile wide. Yeah. Yeah. So it took half an hour of nothing happening, and <laughs> yeah, here comes the title character of the film. Yeah. <laughs> but one, uh... The version that you may have watched, I don't know if you watched the Disney Plus version, but if you're watching on yeah, a big enough screen and you're sitting close enough to that TV, you could totally Licking tell. It. <laughs> rubbing, <laughs> when you're rubbing your dick on Mary Poppins the first time she shows up. <laughs> no, but like, when she's descending from the heavens before it turns into uh, Julie Andrews, like, there's this weird little, like, uh, goofy version of her floating down. It's like the still image. I couldn't tell if it was a doll or anything until I stopped and zoomed in. It's this weird, like, little thumb paint, little thumb painted drawing of Mary Poppins on glass that they're mm. just moving to make it look like she's floating down from the heavens. And if you zoom in on that, it looks ugly as hell. Like, whoever drew her <laughs> face gave her this schnoz. It just, it's a mess. But then she suddenly turns into Julie Andrews on a wire on the set. And, yeah, mm -hmm. she's doing the thing where her, like, I guess... Whoever illustrated the P.L. Travers books drew Mary, would always draw Mary Poppins with her feet. I can't down. draw feet straight on. So it's sad. That's what it looks like. So, so it's always got to be. If you ask me to draw it at a three-fourths <laughs> angle, my head explodes. Every one of those books is all like, yeah, like fuck penguin walking. But yeah, so she flies down with her yeah, feet played out, splayed mm -hmm. out. Rings the bell, goes inside, meets Mr. Banks. And uh, she's like, and she starts basically saying yeah you're gonna hire me motherfucker i'm the right one for the job and well that's the she twist. got the kid's note it's all taped up yeah she got it there is a nice <laughs> one of my favorite acting moments in the whole scene is when he sees the, the the ripped up note and he goes back to the fireplace and investigating and he's miming what he had done the night before he's like i ripped it i turned it i turned it over i just thought that was kind of a nice moment and she's mm. all like what the fuck's wrong with you and Man, you seem crazy as shit. I'll give you a week, and I'll decide if I want to stick around here. And that's the after joke, because she's treating them like he, she's hiring them rather than vice mm -hmm. versa. Yeah. yeah. 
So she hops on the banister and uses her powerful gluteus maximus muscles <laughs> to work her way up that banister. And she has her butt cheeks crawling up there like Krabby Patty, like like an yep. octopus. Like a mm -hmm. Oh, I don't want to think about that. So. I guess better that than like sliding vagina slit first and going like big wet greasy. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So. She hurries the children along, and Mr. Banks tells Mrs. Banks they hired one of the nannies, and they can just smell all the others. So the maid does it, and the joke is that all the nannies are gone, and it's just the dog, and the dog goes away. This is a random dog who shows up, in, like, it shows up in this scene later on, but, like, yeah. Um. So, the nursery's a mess. And now for 10 minutes of Mary Poppins pulling impossible <laughs> items out of her bag. Uh, special effects guys wanted to jerk off here a little bit, so, yeah. A little bit, yeah. yep. And I thought it was um, inappropriate for her to pull out that giant dildo from her bag. That did not. That's got. I know one Mary of the Poppins is skilled, <laughs> but damn, Mary Poppins. Because her her vagina is her own other car magic carpet bag that can take any sized object. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole joke. She where, says this know. is for the end of Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> oh no! Mashed potatoes. <laughs> Oh, God, no, I don't want to, because she already looks enough like fucking Gen Jennifer Con- like, to She and Jennifer Connelly are totally the same Pokemon type. Oh, no, I gotta draw Man, that now. no. <laughs> God. Anyway. Anyhow, uh... But Bert gets, so, her, hook gets her hooked on Rum Punch, and she yeah. does such a butt slip. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Oh, God. So she pulls out a mirror, because the small mirror, she likes to see all of her face in the mirror. She gotta she got look at herself. That's the only thing that makes her feel alive. She measures the kids with tape measure. Michael is stubborn and suspicious. Jane is prone to giggles and doesn't put things away. So they're like, hey, what about you, asshole? And she measures herself and just yeah, says, Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. Which whoa, I guess whoa, that would have been the there, start of Mary. her song, but yeah. Prontus practically. I guess practically. the practically is the qualifier that gets her away from being a total prude. This is also- turns out she Turns out she stinks. I haven't. <laughs> this is kind you just of can't tell because it's a movie. This is one of the things from a personality's perspective that I really love about Mary Poppins is her profound self-love. I don't even mm. know if you call it self-love, but like, like it's it's funny too because I think as she's like putting up the mirror just a little bit earlier, like you, like you mentioned, she's talking about like you shouldn't worry about what things look on the outside; it's what's in the inside matters more. As she's putting up this mirror. And like she's mm -hmm. like there's already a mirror there, but she's replacing it with this big gaudy mirror. And like yeah. so it's like showing that she's totally just like self-absorbed. Well it's it's kind of funny that like I like the contradictions of Mary Poppins where she's a fucking weirdo. I kinda li like that's one of the things that holds up for Mary Poppins as a character beyond me just having a childhood crush on Mary Poppins. Just watching it because we even talked about this. I love assholes. And that kind of, like, that kind of cracks me up that, like, because everyone talks about Mary Poppins, like, she's just, like, such a nice lady. She's so sweet, but she's kind of a fucker. And that's what, yeah. I, that's what I generally love about the character. It's not just a boner, but, like, I don't know. <laughs> she, she, she's got weird layers. Anyway, but, yeah. So now they're going to play a game. A game called Cleaning Your Room. And yeah. What's the while scene they, from while Mystery they, Science Theater where, like... What's oh god, Trumpy can do stupid things. That's what the scene is for the next ten minutes, where it's like mm. stop motion reverse animation yeah. of toys being while thrown you, back into the cupboard. While you sing a song about a spoonful of sugar helps oh, the medicine yeah. go down. Hey that's a lot of sugar. 
<laughs> it's no wonder Michael's front tooth is rotting out of his head. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, she should have said a... No, wait, a teaspoon of sugar, not a tablespoon full of sugar. Um, and so I guess, yeah, I guess rather than the practically perfect song, uh, I guess uh, Disney suggested, like, what if she had, like, a theme song that was more about, like, her... Her outlook on life rather than just her talking about herself and that's why it turned into spoonful of sugar because it's all a philosophy so mm -hmm. um not really deep philosophy it's just like hey if something's terrible try to do something to make it fun while you while it's terrible but yeah so the, yeah just lots of lots of mid-60s quote-unquote special effects of just like stop-motion animation and 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 footage of like plates being there's one thing i never noticed this before there's like a tea set that is shattered and broken on the floor that just reverses <laughs> itself and like they tip the table back up. I'm like, hey, isn't this the maid's job? Touche. Wow, that's a good point because we don't know how kids. That's a good fucking point when you got nannies and maids and shit like that. At a certain point, you think the kids should still at least be expected to clean up their own messes to some degree. No, because they're British and white in 1910. It's like if a kid just shits his pants, is it up to the maid to come in and like wipe his ass? Or is that the nanny's fault? Okay, so okay, kid shits the bed. Mm -hmm. Is it just the nanny's fault to clean up the kid and then the maid has to clean up the shitty sheets? Yes. This is why I want to go back in time and talk to Mary Poppins about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Mary Poppins, I got a question for you. I, who's the one? A, <laughs> a, will you fuck me? And B, what happens when a kid shits the bed? Can I sniff the banister after you slide back up? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But, yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> hey, you know what? Cleaning would be really great if you just snapped your fingers and everything. Yeah. And there's a the whole not really joke. a game, but you know. <laughs> I guess the son Michael he can't snap, and so while Mary Poppins and the girl are having a good time doing this, he's trying to snap and he can't do yeah. it, and it's all big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So and things get a little hectic, but as Mary Poppins yells at the toys, to calm down. Until <laughs> like it kind of spins out of control for a moment there. It's only yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So then they go. They're going. They're going on an outing. So they slide down the banister and go outside. And outside at the park. Bird is drawing on the ground. Day, he's a screever. Whatever the fuck a screever is. I guess, well, there's so, a thing called a scrivener, which you're a writer, so I guess a screever is just like a mm, chalk drawing artist. I guess, yeah, okay. I guess in the books, like, these were all different characters, but for the movie, they decided to just have Bert, like, oh, take they the were jobs like, man, Dick Van Dyke's accent's so good, we can't let it <laughs> we go. We can't just waste. waste him on one scene. He can't just be the band, yeah. Yeah. God. It's funny to so, think. Did you ever see the Dick Van Dyke show back in the day? Yeah, I that watched it. I don't a... really remember watching it, but we watched it every day. It's, it's, I, it's, I'm actually kind of surprised, because I know that was a huge hit in the 60s. I'm kind of surprised they actually even got him for this movie, because I'm sure... Well, I guess they didn't... I keep on thinking they filmed in England, so I guess it wouldn't, wasn't that much oh, of Oh, he issue. did anything, man. He was in this. He was in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, he's in Chitty Chitty good. Bang Bang. Yeah. That is not a Chitty Disney Chitty movie, Bang though, right? Bang. No, it's not. Okay. But it's trying to be. I keep it's on really thinking trying to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. So, um... He's drawn on the ground, and then Mary Poppins shows up, and he's like, I know that stupid at anywhere. It's old Marty Poopins, it is. And they're like, it's that Jerry was Mary Poppins. Poppins. Yeah. And the kids are like, we're going to the park. And he's like, oh, it's magic. It is. Look, me shitty, shitty drawings on the ground. Hey, let's jump in and wink and blink and give a nod and woo. I think like, his drawings are okay. For someone who just <laughs> drew them with chalk, Presumably within just the last hour since the last time it rained. Not too bad, but... Mm. 
Mary Poppins is like, fucking, you always overcomplicate shit. You just, you just <laughs> hold my hand and jump, and they jump into the paintings. Yeah. And the kids are like, hey, okay, we're good. Well, you need to say something about a carnival? And Mary Poppins is like, yeah, go that way. And they leave. And just, I guess, okay. So long, kids. I, your nanny's not going to watch you anymore. <laughs> it's like they just drop out of the movie for the next 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I and forgot Bert, how lengthy. This is like half an hour, this whole next sequence of the movie. Bert sings about how it's, it's a jolly old day with Mary. Yeah. And they sing to animated barn animals, and then they leave those barn animals, and they dance around, and their umbrellas dance together for a moment because they could do that. Great. Just because it's yeah, the like this is part mm -hmm. where like even even if you keep the sequence in the movie, they could have turned it down because we don't need to see Mary's umbrella and Bert's cane dancing together. But yeah, yeah. Bert Did you gives see her flowers? <sighs> they turn into butterflies and fly away, and Disney's oh! executive were like, "Put that." On every VHS copy for an ad for the other Disney movies we got. Well, this is the thing you've always pointed out that this is the only version of Mary Poppins you ever see in the parks. It's never like normal Mary Poppins. It's always yeah. Jolly Holiday Mary Poppins, which we we have talked in the past. I guess it's more distinctive than Mary Poppins because uh, normal Mary Poppins is I mean, the only real distinctive thing about it is her hair, is her hat really. Otherwise, she just looks like a lady in a long overcoat. But yeah. still, it's and I guess it kind of fits into like the mid-century, not mid-century, but, like, the early, because I guess all Main Street is all supposed to be, like, 1910 and shit, like, so I guess this is kind of more fitting with the, but, yeah, I, last night on Twitter, I was freaking out about the special effects about this sequence, because, uh, you'd think that most of the sequence would have been Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews photographed against, uh, pre-painted backdrops with the cartoon characters just dropped in, but no, actually, they're actually filmed against... It, it's a whole special effects process, but essentially it's the mid-century version of the blue screen process. But it's mm -hmm. crazy because, like, Mary Poppins is wearing all these tran diaphanous, translucent parts of her costume, especially the wrap around her hat, that is usually almost impossible to use with blue screen. But they re Disney had invented the special effects process with, like, sodium vapor lights that, like, uh, resulted in the special effects... Uh, technology that is now lost to the ages because it was all dependent on this one very specific prism that could split light that the person who invented this technology who was only able to make the one prism that could split the light in the specific way that made the whole process work and that prism eventually became lost and is now like the special effects legend and mm. so yeah they've disney had this whole process that was even better than like the blue screen for like star wars and stuff like this like 13 years before star wars had come out and so this is, everyone holds this whole sequence up as, like, an incredible special. And, like, it doesn't look that much to our eyes these days, but for, like, 1964, it is, like, truly an incredible special effects achievement, this whole sequence. And uh, not just because of the animation laid on top, but, like, just the fact that, like, the live-action actors are matted into these hand-drawn backgrounds the way they are. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm gonna shut up. That's fine. Uh, I forgot to mention... That before they jump in the painting, Bird is talking about like the various places they can go, and oh, he yeah. mimes. He mimes doing a tightrope walk, and Michael is like, <laughs> "Look at him! Like, He's making a creative he just choice. Got, yeah. Just got lobotomized." <laughs> yeah. People were entertained by anything. Again, man, this is 1910 by way of 1960, so everything's gonna be extra stupid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, anyhow, they find some turtles, and the turtles whisper, "Step on us, Mommy Mary." 
So they step on him and ride him across the pond. And step they, on my they, balls, Mary. Yeah. She's like, thanks. And she, they're like, oh, it was a pleasure, Mary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I looked up the entire time. So then Mary sings that the song. It is weird how everyone... You see, also, as, as someone who wants to fuck Mary Poppins... It is mm. weird how everyone wants to fuck Mary Poppins. Like the yeah. penguins and the chickens and the trees. Except all Bert, like, oh. because Mary sings a song about oh. how she's been threatened by Bert. <laughs> and she knows he won't try that to touch her naughty, most... naughty Mary bits. I do appreciate that Bert is all like, oh, fuck. Like, he's totally being friend-zoned in that moment. He's like, give me a little credit, Mary Poppins. It's just like, oh, God, yeah. I do like that dynamic where they actually push that button and he's all just like, Oh, Mary Poppins, you're so oblivious. You have no idea how much. Yeah, so. But, but they keep mm -hmm. on singing and dancing and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Disney's DuckTales will return after these messages. Fire! Light up the sky. It's the entertainment thrill of a lifetime. Poppins, Walt Disney's newest and most delightfully entertaining motion picture. Starring the toast of Broadway's musical stage, the incomparable Julie Andrews. For a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, the medicine go down, medicine go down. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in a most delightful way. And America's fabulous funny man, Dick Van Dyke, as you've never seen him before. Mary Poppins, the fabulous adventures of the world's most charming and delightfully eccentric heroine. I can tell you one thing, Winifred. I don't propose standing idly by and letting that woman, Mary Poppins, undermine the discipline of... There's been something odd, I made extremely odd, about the behavior of this household since that woman arrived. Yes, dear? Ow! They're at it again! Yes, the wondrous and magical ways of Walt Disney's Mary Poppins so completely and so hilariously discombobulate the family with whom she comes to stay in such delightfully amazing ways. Their lives are never again quite the same. And nor will yours be when you've been touched by the magic of this magnificent new motion picture from Walt Disney, Mary Poppins. Hell, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. Oh, stupid kind of madness that gets me allegocious. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Super califragilistic gets me allegocious. Goodbye, Mary Poppins. Don't stay away too long. Well, I'll be bounced. We're back. They sit down at the table where there's penguins waiters, and this then is Bert the dances big, with them. And if it any, goes on. <laughs> this is well, and this is the big. Anytime everyone talks about Mary Poppins, this is, you know, was everyone, which is a little weird because it's not like it's cute, but it's not like that. Like, 
Uh, people love Dick Van Dyke suddenly getting gangster pants and dancing with yeah. the penguins, and this does go on for like 20 minutes. Yeah. But yeah. Hey, so and then they leave without ordering any food, and <laughs> the and they dance. They're just like you didn't even tip us, your sons of bitches. <laughs> they, <laughs> Granted, they did say the food was complimentary, but like, yeah. come on, they like, didn't even stay for the food. They just like, oh god, yeah. Anyway. So they dance and spin in a circle, and they turn into a shitty carousel that they spent, like, maybe half an hour painting these horses. Yeah, which I kind of wonder if that was intentional, because they are in this, like, chalk world, so... It's a weird thing that, like, did you, I guess you never saw the Mary Poppins sh shitty sequel that came out a couple of years ago. No. Uh, there's a whole sequence that's trying to replicate this whole thing where... Uh, the one, one of the few interesting things in that whole movie is they jump into, a, like, a tea... The painting on, like, a like a china vase or something like that mm. and it's another thing where the characters are running around like in this hand-drawn world but the costumes have been dyed in a way that kind of suggests that the costumes are are kind of watercolored themselves and mm. so i kind of wonder if like like back in this original mary poppins movie if they're if the if the rushed paint job on the horses wasn't trying to also suggest kind of like burt drew them a little bit but yeah because you know of all the things in this movie you know, Disney's pretty good about the technical stuff, so it would be kind of weird if they suddenly decided to get that sloppy with the horses, but yeah. Yeah, especially with his love of carousels. Yeah, that's true, and they did fucking... <sighs> did, isn't that car isn't Mary's horse in Disneyland? Yeah, like, they that dedicated it, like, what, 10 or 20 years yeah, ago? Yeah, actually, No, not the prop. Recently. The actual prop is in Florida at some... Oh, uh, really? Theater. I thought maybe it was yeah. the actual prop they put on the... Oh, okay. No, no, no. Well, so they just came up with a... Mar it's just a Mary Poppins horse... He yeah, came up it's with a Mary that, Poppins okay. themed horse. It was totally full of itself and just being yeah. like, yeah. You're not allowed to sit on it. Really? No, you are. I'm just. I was, gonna say, I was you don't making wanna... a joke oh, about it's how. It's kind of funny. Actually, that would be canonically that would make sense because that would be the whole like. It's not like yeah, Mary you Poppins don't... lets anyone no. ride her. That's why Bert's all upset. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So eventually, they the carousel horses jump off the carousel and they ride down the road and eventually they run across an animated fox hunting party and Bert saves the fox. A view hello! Yeah, What's totally... the point of all th What is the point? <laughs> what is <laughs> happening? Especially, they, they literally jump from one musical sequence into another and it just gets to the point like, what is going like, there's no plot to this movie at this point it is just completely now they're in the middle of a horse race while this like Irish fox is like, oh Sodom and Bogota and yeah, what the hell's happening in this movie? Then they're on a horse racing track where Mary accidentally joins and wins by asking politely if she can pass by. Yay! And then... I one of the horse racers I realized kind of looks like J.M. Barry, the guy who wrote Peter Pan, and I kind of wonder if some of the horse racers racers are intentionally designed to look like other famous children's authors. But yeah, she just wins by like that's it. They just let her win because everyone again is such got a boner for Mary Poppins. I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. uh. They interview her post-game, and she's toweling herself off, dabbing her sweat, <laughs> and they're like, What do you gotta say for yourself? And she's like, Man, I can't think of nothing. And when that happened, you guys said this is Bacal Fraudulent And then uh, that, she sings a song about that while a band in some la various colored leather daddy gear plays behind them. <laughs> I guess, again, this is a very English thing of the period. I guess they're called Pearlies? Uh, mm. Pearlies being bands who would play at events like this, who they had pearl buttons all over their clothes, and they would just be like real ragtime roast beefy fucking bands like this. And so I guess that's a very specific. <laughs> but... At least the dude in black does look like a leather daddy, though. <laughs> He's got the mustache. 
Yeah. Yeah. Tom and so, Finland, the band, yeah. I do so, like there's the funny thing about like mm. the guy's like I wanna I, I said super crap for Cradlefell Agent I can't Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I, I, I said super to my to my girl, and now she's my wife. Super Fucking I <laughs> I'm tired of just woke up. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Okay. You did it! Not allowed Can to host say this it podcast without being able to see that word. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, God, they really melted a lot of a, a lot of like park and Disney stuff from like three minutes of a song, didn't really? They? they actually have that much. The, man, fucking Michael, he's eating into this like fucking candy coated oh, apple. Candy apple, like it's like oh, it, like it, like it's his last meal on Earth. Jesus Christ, that's not photogenic. Because <laughs> it looks like a they bloody have apple. These- they have all these candy apples at Disneyland. I'm like, who? They must sell them, but who? Buy, who wants yeah. to eat an apple with caramel all over it? Disney ain't gonna sell anything if it don't buy. But yeah, did you end up getting one of the funnel foods? What the hell that uh, shit yeah. is? Yeah, we had a funnel cake at Everywhere. Oh, okay. I know that's a big thing at the parks where they had like. But anyway. So anyhow, uh, it eventually starts to rain, and all Bert's art starts to melt, and all the people living inside his art say, "Ah!" That would have been, yeah, no! that could have been. And they all fade into it. You would have had the dip scene from Roger Rabbit like 30 <laughs> years early there. It is kind of nice. It's one of the advantages of the fact that, like, the background they're against isn't just, like, a painted prop, but is actually, like, an animated thing behind them. That, like, while they're standing there, you get to see the backgrounds actually begin to uh, smurm and mm. and blur. Smurm and blur? I can't even Smurm and burm. Smurm and blurm. But, like, it is kind of a cool effect. Smurm like, and blurm, ladies and gentlemen. While they're in the painting, it looks cool, but then suddenly it just transitions. They're just standing out in the rain. And actually, Mary Poppins' umbrella actually comes in useful for once. For once, yeah. Yeah. So at home, the kids are given medicine, which come out in different colors from the same bottle. Oh, that's neat. Don't that really is draw cool attention to Sup- it, but yeah. supposedly they always say this about movie stuff. Supposedly they did not tell the kids that the, that the Mary Poppins bottle was gonna do this because they do this all in one shot, where she like yeah she she pours some medicine into a, he- a spoon held by the boy. And and for the girl, and every time she pours, it comes out a different color, including she pours herself a, a spoonful of rum punch. And yeah. uh, I guess the girl, she was like her little squeak of enjoyment there was like legit because she didn't have she had no idea that was actually going to happen, supposedly. And supposedly. So. Yeah. Although, yeah, I don't know how you engineer a bottle to pour three different colored liquids like that without any kind of like it's, it's it's for 1964. It's really cool. Yeah. So, uh. <laughs> They all take their medicine and it's time to get in bed and they're like, hey, how long are you going to stay, Mary? And she's like, I added the wind changes at least. They don't want to go to sleep. They had too exciting of a day. So she sings a song about how you shouldn't rest your head. She says. And now we watch them slowly pretend to fall asleep. Or, <laughs> in my mind, it was much more fun to pretend she just poisoned them with the colorful <laughs> dye and they're slowly dying. This is the end of the movie. This is the dark thing. This is the dark cut we need to have. Yeah. Uh-huh. The hour-long cut of Mary Poppins where the kids, she's just singing them to death sleep. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, she sings Cheer Up, Charlie. And yeah. that part of the movie, because yeah. <laughs> this really is the cheer up, Charlie. If all the, if the t- in a movie filled with things you could easily cut, this the stay awake thing. And in fact, again, thinking about how Disney was talking about how you could cut this sequence, and the, Mary Poppins essentially takes place over the course of three days, and this is the end of the first day. If you were to cut this out, and then everything that happens tomorrow with Edwin's character, 
You could just like make this the feed the bird sequence from the end of the second day, and then you could easily you could actually slop out. You really could cut out more than half an hour's worth of stuff out of this book. Cut this out. Everyone's thing and just yeah, make this feed the birds, and the next day mm -hmm. they go to the bank, and then the whole end of the movie happens. But yeah, yep. you know what? So, for for mm -hmm. someone who loves this movie, and my mom would sing "Feed the Birds" to me as a lullaby when I was a kid. I never hear anyone go to bat for "Stay Awake." Like even as no. a no one even sings the lullaby in this movie as a lullaby. Like no one mm -hmm. cares about "Stay Awake." Yeah. No. no. So, uh... Neither do we. On to the next part. The next day, the old gay sailor comes out and asks for a double <laughs> charge of powder in his cannon. Great. That doesn't have any bearing real, on anything. So they got a real Burns and, and, and Wayland Smithers thing going on over there, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So the at the Banks' house, everybody's really happy and just loving life. And for some reason, that makes Mr. Banks miserable. He hates it. He hates how cheerful everyone is. Even oh, he's a piece of shit. He hasn't seen his kid in like 24 hours, so what the fuck does he have to complain about? Yeah, yeah. even the birds at- Oh, close that window, the birds chirping outside are giving me a headache! And he- everybody's coming in and be like, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, he's just like, QUIT IT! QUIT IT! QUIT IT! <laughs> Such a curmudgeon old piece of kids. shit. Yeah. Yeah. And his life is very hard. For some reason, he thinks Mary Poppins is undermining his discipline. Well, maybe if you parented your children at all, the fact you have that she's, some discipline. It's either you get a man nanny, and she, like the whole point of the nanny is that she's got to do some part of the discipline. Why would mm -hmm. you get upset that your nanny's doing her job? What? Yeah. Like, oh, the nanny's nannying. Jesus. Yeah. Again, this is again. It's hard to tell how much that's a bug of the future versus like that's just what society was like. I don't know, but yeah. Whatever. So, the kids go off to do chores or whatever. Yeah, they're supposed to go to, like, the the park and again, and they're supposed get to get, piano, get some fish. Get a buy some fish, yeah. yeah. Which is the nanny's job, I guess? Wouldn't it be the cook's job to buy the fish? Oh, well, well, I guess if they're already anyway. out, maybe the cook is, like, how much, yeah. well, again, it's only a family of four. Like, how much goddamn fish and shit do they need? But God, the house stinks. It doesn't really matter so, what... <laughs> Well, it doesn't really matter because whatever they do, they just totally forget to do it because... Yeah, because fucking... Andrew, the dog, comes up and is like, woof, woof, bark, bark. And Mary's like, I got woof, woof, bark, bark. It's an emergency. No time to go buy fish. There they gotta a part go to the... some place. There's a part where the dog sneezes, though, and she says, God bless you. That cracks me up, though. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Bird is already there. And inside, it's Uncle Adler. It's Edwin. And he's laughing his damn full head off. Famous Englishman Edwin. Famous Englishman Edwin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn Sam Raimi. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Oh, God. Then he sings about a song about how I love to laugh. God, I'm glad yeah. we're taking a break, a break from the breakneck speed of this <laughs> plot so we can have a song about how Edwin loves to laugh. And like that's it, and I guess. And tell bad jokes. And well, when Mary Poppins comes in, Bert is all like, oh, this is the worst I've ever seen him. He's contagious. Mary Poppins is like a little worried about the kids coming in because Ed Uncle Ed might be contagious. And that's when they go and they find out he's he's just got contagious laughter. And like <laughs> when he laughs, he flies. And so it's just an excuse to tell a bunch of Norm MacDonald jokes about stupid shit. Did that's you know that when... When this movie came out, his laughter actually was just contagious, and a whole theater died. <laughs> did did they was the, when they first showed the film at the premiere? It just happened to be premiered at the same place where uh, they had like Willy Wonka style air conditioners was, up in the ceiling, so everyone floated up and got chopped to bits. They didn't uh -huh, think to burp. And, 
It was an audience full of people who had only seen Charlie Chaplin movies, so they thought the funniest thing was him staring at a window That's for a half an hour. <laughs> Man, I feel so bad for people. You know what the terrible thing is? I'm sure there's people who think that, like, we're old enough now that, like, some people must think about people who grew up in the 80s and 90s as being like this. Like, people who grew had to grow up before, like, that the internet. That always happens. Yeah, like, I know, but Whenever still. I hear, like, Conan O'Brien and people of his generation talk about how hilarious SCTV was, and then I've seen SCTV, and I'm like, <laughs> it's like this is the most boring, <laughs> milk toast shit I've ever seen. That is funny, because I do see people, people say that about The Simpsons, but then jerk off about, like, Spongebob, and I'm like, oh man, I'm old. Or even, yeah. like, Kids in the Hall. Kids in the Hall is fine, but I never found it hilarious. Yeah, well, especially, man, comedies, live-action comedy stuff. Like, even Monty Python. Like, mm -hmm. I'm fine with Monty Python, but that's one of the things that drove me against Monty Python when I was a kid, because, like, hearing so many nerds, just like, the knights who say knee! And, like, I was like, that must be the most funniest thing, and I finally saw that shit, and I'm like, like, it's yeah. cute, but, like, oh. Uh, yeah, there's better parts in the here, movie. Man. Yeah, exactly, yeah. so. But, yeah, so, anyway, so this whole thing is just an excuse to, like... <sighs> yeah. yeah, there was a man who had a wooden leg. What was the name of his other leg? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I, I told the joke like, wrong, but who cares? The laundry, the fucking, you need to get long underwear. How long do you need it from May until September or whatever? I thought mm -hmm. that was funny. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, everybody gets contagious. Everybody starts floating up in the air. The tea table floats up. Mary Poppins like, well, I, I gotta have some tea, because my tea has rum in it, so I'm gonna float up there. Give me some rummy, rummy, rummy tea. This is kind of a funny character thing, again, with Mary Poppins, where, you know, she's all about levity and having fun and stuff like that. It's kind of funny how... How she is not engaged with this. She hates this whole thing, which mm -hmm. is kind of funny for who's the who's somebody supposed to be the main character, fun loving and stuff like that. I love that she's just totally annoyed by how much fun everyone else is having in the sequence, which kind of cracks me up. Um, from my to... from my perspective, that I think that's the most interesting thing about the scene. What it says about Mary Poppins' character more than anything else, but yeah. Mm. The but only yeah, way to get it's... down is to be sad. So if somebody starts to tell a sad joke about a cat, a dead it cat. Dies, but... But it was, a, it was actually a joke. He was only fooling, so it's funny again. But Mary Poppins is like, hey, it's time to go home. And she, that does make them sad because their home life oh, is Oh, that's very the depressing. whole thing. Yeah. She pulls yeah. a gun. Mm -hmm. She says, you guys want to fucking laugh? I'll give you fucking something to smile about. <laughs> yeah. You think I'm funny? How am I funny? Am I here oh, to amuse geez. you? It gets, yeah, that's what it takes. She has to get really, yeah, everyone gets, gets really grim dark there for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, but then he keeps like, you because know, even when Mary Poppins leaves with the kids, like, fucking Uncle Ed just keeps on going. They keep, the scene goes on for another five minutes with fucking the guys on the floor while, yeah, Mary Poppins and the kids are out and just like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so God. everyone leaves I, and that scene ends. Woo! We're glad we had that. Do you like Edwin? Because this is probably the last time we're going to see Edwin. I like Edwin. I know it's I, funny because I like his, his voice. voice. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I've actually seen him in anything. I like that old kind of novelty of the old... Even though I don't think his jokes are inherently funny, I like that whole shtick, though. There's something kind of like... I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, like, weirdly romantic for an era where, like, that shtick was, like, the funniest thing in the world of, like, Oh, I'm just gonna tell them a third joke! But, like... Yeah, so... Anyway. He was in the Diary of Anne Frank? Oh, yeah, he played, uh, the Gestapo who came to arrest her. <laughs> Did he play Anne Frank? Jude, Jude, Jude! I 
just see the curtain closing and that's the end of the play. He just shows up and he's in, and like, for some reason he's in a too tight, too small Gestapo outfit. Just completely like, oh, look at these Jews, Jews, Jews. Oh, Jesus. God, anyway. Uh, so, anyhow, uh, the banks head home. And the kids are excited to see their dad for a change, but he's a real dicko in his hole, and he's like, "Oh, that Mary's letting you have fun, is she? Well, so we'll, we'll see about yeah, this." Yeah, and fucking the the boy Michael, he tells he's the well. They both start telling jokes that they heard mm -hmm. in the previous sequence to the dad, including the Smith wooden leg joke, which becomes a little bit of a plot point later. But like, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, the dad is completely annoyed by the fact that his kids exist. Yeah. 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 And then they finish the joke, and they say the aristocrat. And he's like, "I don't get it." <laughs> So, um, he takes Mary, humor. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he takes Mary into the room and she sings a song and he sings a song about rules while he pours a drink. And I get it movie. He's a real jerk guy. I get it. So she's like, oh, you want them to be like you, huh? Well then, okay. I'll make sure they're nice and ready for you to take them to work well... with you tomorrow because the bank, man, banks are exciting. Being a banker is hot shit, isn't it? You wanted them to know about numbers and shit. And how the, is there still half an hour of this movie left? Jeez the Louise. The dynamic of the scene is that he's about to fire her. Because yeah. that's when he launches into the song, he even says, like, okay, well, I've had to do this before, but we should just get this over with. He's about to fire her, and she just turns the whole thing against him, where she's like, oh, I understand. Like, you totally, you want to take the kids to work. And yeah. he's like, I don't know if I said that. And she's like, oh, I think that's pretty much what you said. And so mm -hmm. then he's like, I guess I'll take the kids with me to work he's tomorrow. He's like, I'm very weak-minded. Yeah, he's like, I don't know how this happened, but I guess now that, like, I, I need to look after my own children. I don't know how this happened, but I guess that's what's going to happen. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he even goes up to his his wife and is like, did I did I say that I was going to take the kids to the bank? And she's like, yeah, I that's guess. That's a very good idea. Yeah. So. Yeah. So then Mary Poppins goes upstairs and is like, now here's a song about a lady that sells crumbs to people to Randomly, feed the birds. Randomly, it's like, hey, Tuppence you know, for birds. I want to bum you the fuck out. Hey, was did they write a movie or was it just a singing in the rain where they wrote a bunch of songs <laughs> and had to put threads together in between? Welcome to Mary Poppins' emotional roller coaster. That's the ride they're going to put in Disney California next Hey, year. lady yeah. that's selling breadcrumbs to feed the birds. Maybe you should stop using your own crumbs to feed the birds so other people will buy it you're feeding them you're selling well, your own supply well, you know what, what the original doing? what the original title of the song was right what's that eat the birds it was just about oh. an old lady who just eats pigeons eat the birds it was a death metal song <laughs> eat the birds um, eat the birds eat, yeah eat your own crumbs what the fuck mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's tough <laughs> it's a bag yeah. It's all about a song that if you could spend two pence, give your two pence to the bird lady, and she'll spend them on breadcrumbs to feed the birds. Yeah. And yeah, this man, this this and the sequels we'll get to later about the dad. Um, I when I first saw this movie, I was way too young to understand anything that was actually happening in this movie. So mm -hmm. I was just connecting with this movie totally, and just like on a visual, emotional, like the, the visuals and the music, just like and like the way they do this scene. Where it's all kind of like a bleary camera, and it's obviously... Because the whole movie up to this point is pretty happy and upbeat. But, like, suddenly, like, this gets all grim dark, and there's, like, a huge swelling choir with, like, a minor note music and this dreary painting of St. Paul's Cathedral that the fucking bird ladies... Like, she's homeless and starving, but she's feeding the birds. Everything is suddenly so... gets so dramatic. As a kid, I was like... What the fuck is this? And I think this is one of the first times as a kid I ever experienced, like, sadness in a work mm. of fiction. And, like, just the moodiness of this really connected to me. And so I think that's part of the reason why I'm such a big 
so so fundamentally dented by this movie because this is one of the first times I really felt this kind of emotion as a kid was as a result of like this scene and the and the dad scene later towards the end. And Maybe. so it did work on me as a kid. I know it's super simplistic now, but shit. Maybe they should have hired the bird lady for a nanny. Give her a job. A house. Come on, man. Touche. Especially because, like, fucking the dad goes to check out where the bird lady is and she's gone. So, I mean, mm -hmm. she might already be dead. Yeah. Oh, my God. They could have killed two birds with one stone. But, yeah, who knows what's going on. Yeah. But, yeah, and like I said, and because my mom saw how I reacted to this scene, she decided she would sing this Feed the Bird song to me as a lullaby <laughs> at night. Which You want to cry sad. every night, Bill? <laughs> Which is kind of a weird thing, dude. Oh, that song obviously wrecked my five-year-old child. When he's not sh maybe, maybe I drove my parents so nuts by shitting in Mickey Mouse's pants. <laughs> she thought she would terrorize me by singing me "Feed the Birds" as a lullaby. She's gonna strike back. Mm. Anyway, so that's what she you know. Do, I so I God. did get a uh, uh, a Sunday at Disneyland, and it came in a souvenir like Mickey Mouse pants. And I was thinking, Bill, <laughs> if you need a new toilet. Especially this was it a hot fudge Sunday. Uh, it was a uh, it was a special Halloween time, so half of it was like um, just regular ice cream, and the other half was uh, like, like purple or green. No, it was like a uh, uh, sour patch kids ice cream. Ah, was that any good? Yeah, it was good. I okay. ate it. I mean, at least I it's still it. sweet. It's not like anchovy ice cream or anything. Like no, that, but no. So anyhow, anyway. was it a surprise uh, or did you know that when you bought it that no, it would I be a sour patch? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, Oof. the next day, the kids follow their dad to the bank, and they see the bird lady, and they want to buy some seeds, but their dad's like, nah, 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 I'm going to show you what to do with that money at the bank. It's very exciting, super lit. Come on, you're going to be hype. You'll love it. You'll love it. And the kids are like, I thought you owned the bank. And he's like, no, I basically own the bank. I'm a, I'm a junior up-and-coming partner. I mean, I'm the door I'm the doorman, but I basically run the bank here. <laughs> it is. Uh, we never really right get here. to find out exactly what he is, but he definitely seems He's to be a peon compared to everyone guy. else. This fuck Man. Man. Mm. Have, you been, have you been keeping up with the, what we do in the shadows? No, we just caught up with season two. I mean, I'd seen all of season two before, but I haven't started season three yet. Season three, they bring back the, this fucking guy. There's a little bit of a quote where, like, yeah... Uh, they, they make a joke of that and maybe fucking laugh out loud in the new season. But anyway. mm. I th I, th I can't hear Nandor say that without thinking about you now. But yeah. mm. anyway. So they go in the bank and they're like, uh, what the fuck are these children <laughs> doing in our place of business? Yeah. And the dad's like, hey, they want to open a account. And here comes Dick Van Dyke in some terrible old age makeup to be like, fuck yeah, Tuppence. I love Tuppence. That's how I started out with Tuppence. And now I wear the finest bits of curtain around my neck to show, <laughs> to show that I'm an old man. Yeah. He's the chairman of the bank. He, then he sings a song about investing Tuppence and about investing in the bank and how it'll compound. And I don't remember anything about this song, even though I watched it this morning. I don't know. It what happened? Just, well, he's talking about you can invest, essentially invest in the British Empire because your money yeah. might like end up in, like, in trains across Africa and all this stuff. And... Like, well, there's also just a half hour of him trying to get down a step even before he starts the song. Oh, it's a so whole funny. thing. Uh, one of the, again, one of the few other clever things that the Mary Poppins sequel does is they bring back Dick Van Dyke to play the son of this character because mm. now he can play this character without the old age makeup. Yeah. And he does look almost exactly the same, even though this makeup is terrible. This like makeup does look like him, make him look like an animatronic from the Pirates of the Caribbean run. It really does feel, like, even the shawl around his coat feels like a prop from, like, it feels like, yeah, exactly, like, they had Mark Davis and those Imagineering guys just come up with the costume for him, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. 
Michael doesn't want to give up his tuppence. He wants to feed the birds. And this song's still going on. <laughs> and it's just, all just an excuse for Dick Van Dyke to fall over and people to it catch him. It does go on for a while, yeah. He's trying to get Michael to let his guard down so he can steal the money from the child and be like, ha ha, well, now I'll invest what happens. Loser. He just, gr- like, they push the kids up against a wall and, like, he just grabs the money yeah. out of Michael's pot a hand. And Michael's, well, get the fuck out of my way, you fucking fucks. And he like, screams, bad touch, bad touch, and attacks Dick Van Dyke. It was almost that kind of moment. Give me my money back. And, and everybody in like, the bank and, says, the money, the bank will give somebody their money. So then there's a run on their bank. Man, imagine living in a time where run on a banks were still a thing. And it seems like they were like a big worry back then. Have you ever seen uh, It's a Wonderful Life? We did it for the podcast. Yeah, well, run on the bank's a huge plot yeah. point in that, too. And uh, then also, but a banker comes up to uh, Michael at the at the last moment and is like, oh, you're still here. And he's like, oh, it turns out Krusty is a huge uh, uh, tax <laughs> cheat. And then mm-hmm. they have to go find Rory P. Bellows at, at the pier. But Nailed it. Wonga, wonga, wonga. Love it. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, no, they end up destroying this bank. Well, I mean, it's not really their fault, but like, the kids end up running How? screaming from the bank because everything's falling apart. How long were they in that bank? Because it was probably Literally like morning when they went minutes. there, but now it's the middle of the night. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, because presumably they went, it was the early, uh, the bank is a TARDIS, I guess, because literally it seems to be first thing in the morning they're showing up, but then as they run out of the bank five minutes later, it's nighttime, it's dusk. Every, that's a really good point. The bank's really, attached to a, a pier that they does, are running around on? Does their dad only lose his job because he's a lush who only shows up for work five minutes before closing? Is that the insinuation yeah. here? Yeah. But so they yeah, just they, run they, around they, randomly. It's actually one of the few evocative parts of the of the movie here where they're running through, like, the fucking matte painting streets of London. And, like, it's all empty and dark and kind of... It's one, one of the few parts of the movie that's not like, oh, it's so magical. It's actually... It almost looked like they're running through the sets from Terry Gilliam's Brazil here a little bit, mm. but... Yeah, they run into some guy who's dressed all in suit, and they're like, Get the fuck off us, man! Yeah, I mean, he's... Bert, you can tell by his great accent. They tell Bert <laughs> they, that their father doesn't like hey, him man. much, and he's like... It took you this long to figure that out, man? Yeah. Come on, the whole town knows. Bert... And then for some reason, Bert talks up their father. No, no, dude, don't do that. Their dad sucked. Oh. So they go yeah, off. This is the first point. They, this is mm. the first part when the whole point of the movie is being articulated, where he's like, "Your dad does a lot to sacrifice for you kids, and you really can't blame him for being a sourpuss because he's pretty much had all the joy of life squeezed out of him." And which, yeah, I mean, Bert's not wrong, and it is. I think that's the most interesting that the thing that this movie does is it. It, it really the protagonist of the movie is the dad. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite as simplistic like in Hook, where it's so much like, you gotta le- learn to love again, Peter. Life will be an extraordinary adventure. It's not quite as pat. I mean, even though it's a similar thing, but like, we'll talk about that when we get there. But... So, uh, they go off and he <clears throat> sings some chim chimney, chim chimney, shit. And then, uh, he thinks about how happy chimney sweeps are as their lungs fill with liquid and they die horrible deaths. <laughs> Walking pneumonia. Is, yeah, yeah, great. Is a storm so, raging inside. I'm almost surprised he doesn't say something like, "It was the better days when you kids could climb up the chimneys." It was, it was, it was. You know, it was only until like, child labor laws were enacted five years ago, you kids <laughs> would be working in a factory alongside with your father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
they get back to the Banks' place and their mom's like, well, Mary Poppins has the day off, the cook and the maid won't look after them, and I'm their mother, so I'm out of the question. Hey, Mr. Stranger Man covered in dirt and soot, how about you watch them? I know you won't molest them because my children are very hard to look at. So what do you say? You want to watch my kids? And it'll amuse them to watch you clean our chimney. Come inside and clean our chimney. How did Mary Poppins swing yeah. it that her third day at her new job gets to be her first day off? Yeah. Yeah, that's so, that's a pretty good negotiating right there. But yeah, yeah no, this is totally, again, yeah, an example of the parents just, like, totally foisting absolutely no responsibility for their kids. It's ridiculous, mm-hmm. yeah. And, I, and he, this so mom, he agrees. That's, that's the mom, all while the dad presumably well, is still down at the bank being mauled to death by, like, people at the bank while this is all going on for the rest of the movie, yeah. Yeah, so he goes aside, tells them the chimney is the path to excitement, just don't get stuck in there and die because you'll have to wait for your whole carcass to rot and your bones to fall out. Yeah, Phoebe Kate shows up, she's already in tears because she knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Oh, man, Mary Poppins, Phoebe Cates, and Jen- Jennifer Conley. How you? <laughs> Mary Poppins shows up as both of the kids get sucked up onto the roof, and then just Bert casually, and Mary like no, along. there's no reaction from Bert or uh, Mary no. Poppins. It's just like, oh god, what are you okay? Oh man, we lost another one. <laughs> it so, really is that kind of attitude. Yeah. yeah. So they follow him up to the roof, and great. Now Bill has a fetish for British ladies with filthy faces. Thanks it a lot, is, Mary Poppins. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. How you doing? That's cute. What is uh, happening? Why are they marching across the rooftops? It is like, what is that? Like, yeah, what from, is this? From a storytelling perspective, it is like, what's happening? Like, okay? I mean, if you've seen this movie a thousand times, it's like, oh, this is the part where it's going to end up stepping time. But yeah, if you're watching this for first blush, you're like, what the fuck is the story? Michael sticks his movie? face in a chimney and gets the fart face of ash boost on him. Didn't Mo invent that gag? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, That's my bit. The- you stole my bit. <laughs> oh my god, he killed the first alfalfa. <laughs> I love the fact that it's the S. He specifically says the original alfalfa. Yeah. So uh, where he's that? Uh, yeah. But yeah, actually, again from a special uh, penis in my mouth. Uh, this is from a special effects perspective. This is cool because really nice matte paintings. I mean, they don't, it's kind of interesting because they don't even try to make them not look like matte paintings mm. of like the British, the London skyline behind them. Uh, there's a nice bit where they get up to the top of uh, one of the buildings and like Bert sings like, cool, what awesome. And the sun sets and you get to see the moment where the sun actually dies as it goes behind the horizon and, this, and the whole city starts to turn blue all in one shot. Which is actually really nice and evocative, and it's, it's just really cool, and it's just really nice. But from a storytelling perspective, nothing is happening. It's just random shit happening still. But yeah, if yeah. If, if but if you're bothered, they're in, like you can barely smell London from up here. It's uh, is nice. Look, you can hear the piss being dribbled out of windows as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So they float down on some smoke and uh, sing some more chim 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 and then now there's more chimney sweeps and it's time for stepping time. Yeah, and next there's... 12 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Well, Lots so of dancing, as... spinning, silhouettes on top of chimneys, dudes running around. It looks like a big clone factory because they're all dressed the same. Yeah. As a professional dancer, what's your opinion about stepping time? That's fine. <laughs> okay. It's, um... it's a movie dance sequence. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, uh, years ago, I found this video on YouTube where these two uh, professional dancers and choreographers were talking about this movie, and 
they really highlighted the fact that like it's interesting that um this had to be a dance that could be that was choreographed for like you know hardcore dancers but it had to also involve dick van dyke who was not a professional dancer yeah but he had to be in the mix with everyone else and they were just talking about that that's, that's kind of an interesting choreography choreography but, mm-hmm. but yeah there's not much to say other than this this no, is just fucking goes, dancing and crazy on shit for and on minutes. and on yeah yeah um, oh but we gotta talk about the the most important thing that i would have never realized without this podcast Oh, and no. I don't know if you would have either. It's when the admiral from the other roof says we're being attacked by hot by the hot tots. Yeah. Whoopsie doodles. I don't know if I ever like. I could have. Sw- this is why I thought we you talked about this. You other- mentioned it on the Wizard of Oz podcast. Yeah. This is like unless the old look up silent hot tots. film. Yeah. Oh, is that what it was? Because I yeah. thought I could could at least talked about this on the. Yeah. So the hot and tots is just old British slang for like African natives. And the mm-hmm. joke is that because the, the, the fucking chimney sweeps are all covered in soot, they look like black. It's the one racist joke in the whole it's, movie. It's, it's a little bit like... And it, like racist, unless you know what it is. But it's... Yeah, unless you know specific... They didn't even have to put up a warning saying oopsie doodles. It's only racist if you're Mr. Burns and you're old enough to understand, like, what the hell's going on. So, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, that's... that's Because uh, I guess they must have mentioned Hot and Tots and what Yeah, the Silent Wizard of Oz. No, they go check out the like the hot and tots. The hot and tots, that what yeah. it is, and so that's why I was hot. like, they changed it. They made it Wizard of Ozzy, but it's oh okay, the hot yeah, because I that's when I think I looked up hot and tots, and I was like, oh shit, that's what yeah. they meant Mary Poppins. <laughs> oh yeah. fuck. Uh, there's one cute moment where like everyone gangs up on Mary Poppins for a minute, and she like holds her hand out. And and she's like, like okay. this is just like my college years. <laughs> what it kind of is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, there's a couple evocative shots. I like when they are in silhouette on top of the, the chimneys. Uh, for some reason, uh, that's always just been just as a visual, very kind of stark and kind of interesting looking. But just from a visual design, I think it looks really cool. I don't know much about the, if the choreography is any of that. So they load um, the cannons up with fireworks and shoot them at the, all the chimney Yeah! Suites. Admiral yeah. Boone's a motherfucker decides he needs to kill a motherfucker. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, to I... escape... Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I do appreciate that Admiral Boom though, he can take it as well as he can give it, because, like, fucking as uh, the, all the fucking chimney sweeps are scattered... Well, not even really scattering, because... Mary Poppins, Bert, and the kids are just kind of casually walking away from the scene of the crime. Yeah. Admiral Boom tries to kill... Actually, just not really even firing at Bert as much as Michael, but uh, Bert uses his chimney sweep uh, stick to just like baseball back. He fucking Zelda Ocarina of Time boss battles the fucking fireworks back at Admiral <laughs> yeah. Boom. And Admiral Boom's all like laughing. He's like, oh, good show, very good, oh, show, man, good yeah. show. And so, yeah, then they all escape down the. I guess all of the chimney sweeps, even though they all look like they're scattering in different directions, I guess they all somehow end up coming down the Banks family uh, fireplace. And so now, yep. this is kind of a great confluence uh, of plot threads because now you've got hey yeah go ahead why does the cook yell ah they're at it again has well, this happened fact- before <laughs> that is kind of funny ah they're at it again but i do love that the chimney sweets then saying that the 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 thing with their song they're just ah they're at it again like they work that into the song whatever everyone says the, and it's kind for of women funny. step in time but yeah that they run into the mom time. and then suddenly they're saying ah, it's, it's the master it's the master step in time <laughs> it's the master and yeah of course the mom the dad shows up and he's like what the christ ever this after a guy who just spent well i guess he didn't spend all day at the bank because he only showed up for work five minutes before <laughs> place was about to close but he's just finally come home from like the bank there gets off a part of this scene he would be legally obligated 
it would be legally justified to shoot every one of these motherfuckers, but mm. I do love, I love Mary Poppins sees Call. this, and he's, she's like, motions to Bert, and Bert's like, yeah, okay, we need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but, they all leave, governor. So, including uh, Michael tries to sneak out of there while dressed like one of the chimney sweeps, and like the dad's like, nah, you can't get out of there that fucking quickly, you know? Yeah, they keep dancing down the street, stopping I... now and then to cough up some black blood from their lungs. <laughs> I do like, there's like the constables outside that kind of dance with the constable, and I do like the shot where they all like, you see them kind of scatter off into the distance, and it actually ends with the empty street, which kind of yeah. a nice way to kind of like a nice little beat to end this like very long very noisy song and dance number with this empty street and suddenly the cuts back to the scene and the rest of the yeah. yeah and banks is like explain yourself poppins and she's like nah, nah i never explained myself so uh deuces you know what? and leaves i'm i'm yeah. usually on mary poppins case for most of this and even this and i'm like you know what the dad again the dad would be completely justified and just being like the fuck the <laughs> fuck are you doing to my house yeah but no time for that. He gets a phone call. It's very serious. Regrettable. Got to be there at 9 p.m. sharp. Go back to the oh, bank. Oh, yeah. So he goes in the other room and sings a song about how he's all sad and pouting that his white, non-fat, milk toast life isn't milk toast anymore. <laughs> now it's 2% non-fat toast milk. Well, he sings this with Bert, right? Yeah. And he sings oh, about how yeah. it's all Mary Poppins' fault. Everybody was so British and miserable before she showed up. Bert's cleaning up and making faces like, get a load of this idiot. <laughs> and a, a spoonful of sugar? Oh dear, how could she? Yeah. Bert's like, yeah man, I get it. Your job's super important. No time to deal with your crying children. You gotta grind, grind, grind. You know, before you know it, your kids have flown the coop. You didn't get to spend any time with it, but that's okay because you worked hard and... And hard enough to die in 1910 at the age of 45. You're, I mean, you're what? <laughs> like, you're 57 right now, so you've lived a good long life. And he says, I'm only 27. <laughs> Bert's like, woof, I gotta go. This is a clever way to reprise the dad song because, yeah, it is Bert singing the dad song back to the dad, essentially, about how you work so hard and who cares about the kids, even though their their lives slip, like, through time like a sieve. And he's yeah. like, Bert goes hard on the guilt trip on the dad all of a sudden about how, yeah, yeah, you're right, no one appreciates you, and how about how much you've sacrificed all your time with your kids, and, like, yeah. the dad's something like, ah, oh, shit, I fucked up. Mm -hmm. Um, so but Bert it's leaves. nice, this is the only time that we ever see the dad and Bert communicate in the film, even mm. though it's like, Bert's just laying on this guilt trip, it's a little bit like, like, yeah, I mean, it all works out in the end, but, like, also, <sighs> I'm just thinking about this now, when... When the dad is on the phone with the bank, when they're like, we need you to come back right now so we can fire you. Why is he not just like, motherfucker, I just left the bank literally five minutes ago. You just called me just to call me back to the fucking bank. Couldn't we just have this conversation five minutes ago? Because it's ought to be, pre you would be prim and proper and British. He need, yeah, the dad had to come home so he could be guilt tripped yeah. by fucking Burt, with his own song, no less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the kids yeah. come in after Bert leaves and are like, Sorry, we don't stop is our money. We're pretty sure that bird lady got trampled to death in the background <laughs> anyway, so there's nothing to do with it. It is funny. I wanna, you know what? Mm. There's two cuts of this movie I want. I want the cut where Mary Poppins poisons the kid to death. And if you mm -hmm. have to keep everything in the movie, just put in a CGI smear of the <laughs> flattened bird woman <laughs> when he comes <laughs> at the end of the sequence when he's coming back to give the tuppets to her and like it's like oh my god looking like crushed. judge doom from the end of Roger Rabbit. <laughs> she's not even dead she's just flattened <laughs> help me help me so yeah this leads to the sequence he grabs michael's tuppence 
Well, no, they Michael gives him the tuppence. Yeah. He looks There's... wistfully at them before going on a nice nighttime walk to clear yeah. a stuffy British head and get fired. This so, scene did all not... all the way to the bank. Go ahead. Yeah, this scene did not impact me at all. What with him, him very slowly walking through all these moody sequences with the... Again, the feed the birds just rising and just like... Mm. And man, this fucked me up as again because I didn't, I had no understanding of what was happening in this movie because like how the fuck I don't know about his job where he's going off to get fired. All I know is that the dad is suddenly super sad mm-hmm. and he's going off like something bad is like they do such a good job communicating that to the even five year old me who had no idea what was going on. I was like, oh shit, that dad he is in fucking trouble, but he's going off to face it with like a stiff upper, upper lip. And I was like, but still, it's so fucking evocative and so fucking sad that it, to me as a kid I was like oh my I would like even watching this now I've been talking about now I'm getting a little bit choked up about it, like oh shit and it's not like like I, I don't know it's it, it speaks just to such the loneliness of the dad that like again unless you were damaged by this movie as a small child like what I was I have no idea how this works on anyone else but for me just yeah even it doesn't because right he's a piece of shit <laughs> Classism shit. I should be like fucking banging pots and pans. Like, yeah, you die, motherfucker. You you lose your. Although I should be because his like, his whole his whole redemption arc is Nick Van Dyke going, oh what what? <laughs> it really is that. just yeah. And then he goes and he goes and he loses his mind and the movie ends. That's really yeah. the whole his redemption arc. But like yeah yeah. But he, then yeah, he goes off and he like stops this like where the 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 bird lady should be. Yeah, she she should be smeared. There's a dry spot of blood there. <laughs> good for her then yeah the birds uh, ate her yeah. great so he goes inside <laughs> the bank well she's feeding the... the birds still it's just yeah. in her own special way yeah god and he goes inside the bank it's led to the back room like he's about to get whacked in a mob. it really movie. is like it feels like he's not gonna walk out of there alive which kind they... of makes what they actually end up doing to him actually that much funnier but they go to a long table and they talk about tea investment and there was a run on the bank when that boston tea party happened because they lost money the investors or whatever yeah. that hasn't happened since then way back in the whenever that happened yeah 1773 i guess yeah. <sighs> so uh so now he's just got to take responsibility for his son and so they rip his flower lapel in half turn his umbrella inside out and punch a hole in his hat that seems out of line he paid for that shit uh, yeah, I mean that's unless yeah unless it's like bank issued, but I do like the one uh, the one uh, guy on the board who like when they're about to undo uh, uh, like uh, turn his umbrella inside out, there's one person who stands up and is like no anything but that and the other yeah. guy has to put him down is like steady on we got to do this and mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's I feel like that's another Simpsons joke where it seems like they're gonna like execute Homer for something and they do something very silly instead but like mm. I mean that's that's an ancient comedy trope is like we're gonna punish you. Oh no! Isn't it the, like the Rock of Shame, and then there's the Rock of the Stonecutters thing? That yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Mm. Yeah. So man, literally, you can turn any fucking joke in the world into a Simpsons joke. Yeah. But anyway, I'm gonna shut up. So the old man's like, "Anything? You got anything to say?" And he pulls out the tuppence and is like, "Yeah, I, bitch, I got something to say." Super confidential. That makes him laugh. And it's very funny. He says, "There's no such thing as you," which that's Zing. kind of a you statement. You really got him. You don't exist. Only I exist. Yeah. Yeah. He's and lucky he's he like... got out of here. He's lucky they didn't have the cops there to send him directly to the booby hatch. Yeah. Because I, I, like, 
Yeah, he, they, 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 like he's acting like a loon enough. They could have committed him right there, and there would have been no happy ending. But yeah. Yeah. So then he tells the joke that there was a man with a wooden leg named Smith, and what's the other leg's name? And then he laughs and he leaves. It's in the uh, He gives the tuppence to the old man, and then he. Sink. Then he leaves. Yeah. Yeah. So then the old, after he leaves, the old man gets the joke and starts laughing. And my joke was he laughs so hard he floats in the air and dies. But apparently Actually, later in the movie you great. did find out he did die. So that's cool. And what, instead of just dying of a heart attack, it would be great if in the next scene his son is all like... Which I guess meant the same character played by Dick Van Dyke in the in the sequel, I guess? But I it'd guess. be great if like his like when, he, when they meet Banks later, he's like... Dad, we're actually not quite sure if he's dead. He started laughing so hard he flew up into the sky and we like we don't have radar to track him, so we just assume he's flying through space at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But still I guess that would leave the spot open. Well, we'll talk about that in just a minute, but like The next day anyway. the wind changed and Mary's like, Peace nerds, I'm out of here. <laughs> Downstairs is, the policeman. I do like there's no big goodbye scene. She's just already packing up and getting out of here and it's up to the one of the kids to explain that like, oh yeah, she did say when the wind changed, like she's mm -hmm. leaving. Yeah, so... Downstairs, a policeman's on the phone, and... Because Mr. Banks is missing. Maybe he killed himself. That'd be cool. I was... Like, watching this again... I Again, me watching this as a kid, this flew over my head. But the fact that, like, the policeman is like... Oh, no, the fucking... It's the nanny talking about how they need to dredge the river. Yeah. And, like, the mom is like, oh, I'm standing the fuck right here! Jesus Christ! And, yeah, the, 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 the cop is on the phone, and he's like... Oh, there doesn't seem to be any hanky-panky. So I guess he's like... They're, they're talking about whether or not Mr. Banks may have been fucking, fucking around behind Mermaid Mom's back or something like that. So yeah. I do like this movie's dark enough that, like, when Mr. Banks goes by, like, like everyone else assumes the real fucking worst. But no, he just shows up mm. with his fucking popped open hat. Yeah, know? he comes back singing this spoonful of sugar and he calls for his children. But they're like, that doesn't sound like him. Probably because it's full of, his voice is full of life and joys, and I've never heard him like that before. He's not like, oh, doobly Yeah. They go downstairs, and he's like, look what I got. I got a <laughs> kite. Let's go fly it. Um, is that's the same kite they had, they were chasing after the beginning, right? Because he's, he's now fixed it. Oh, maybe. Uh, spoilers, that becomes a huge plot point in the, in the shitty sequel, too, about mm. that, that kite thing. And, blah, blah, blah. and they tie, the mom's like, yeah, you know, the kite's gotta have a tail, so I'll tie my suffragette thing on there. Which yeah. Which means family's more important to her and now I, than that cause, I don't know. And I think, I think that's the suggestion, is that, like, that's the way for the mom to kind of contribute. Now, the, now that the kite is fixed, the family is fixed... And it does. This is the, this is what really kind of seals me as me liking Mary Poppins as a character, is like how melancholy she is as the family. Because the family, they take the kite, they decide they're gonna go fly the kite, and so they go bouncing out down the street. And Mary Poppins steps out with her umbrella, and I guess now the umbrella talks. Yeah. It's got like this parrot handle, which I guess the voice of the the, the umbrella is actually the, Mr. Banks, the dad. But mm. yeah, the, 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 the umbrella is like, oh, that, that they got no gratitude for you. They just go off, and now they think. Those kids now think more about their dad than they think of you. And she's like, that's the way it should be. That, But she's obviously very sad. Mm. Which kind of, that's the thing that kills me about this movie. A, the fact that the dad was sad, and B, at the end, Mary Poppins is sad. And it's like, okay, she's got a chink in her armor. She's actually a human being, even though she's a TARDIS goddess, Time Lord, or the fuck. I do like the fact that, like, she actually genuinely cared for those kids. And parts of her wanted, would want to be part of that <laughs> family. So it's, there's a little bit of that bittersweetness at the end, which, again, as an adult, me doesn't mean that much. Dude. But as a kid experiencing that dynamic for the first time in a work of fiction, it's like, oh, but she loved the kids too. It's so sad, you know. But yeah. 
Do you need a cut of this movie where she steps into a TARDIS at the end? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure someone's done that. I'm yeah. sure it's a fucking t-shirt on, on T-Public. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah, so... So even the bankers are out there flying kites. <laughs> I know, dude. everyone. Yeah, I'm assuming this is a Sunday. And he's yeah. like, hey, my dad died laughing, but uh, he left room for a partner, so now you're hired again, get back. It's now as your simple partner. as that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so she, the parrot talks to Mary Poppins. She tells the parrot to shut up, and she flies <laughs> away, and Bird says, good boy, Mary Poppins, don't stay away too long, and the movie ends. That's it. Wow. Cuts out the credits and I mean, nothing last... happened. Cool. <laughs> Two and a half hours later, nothing happened. Yeah. Fucking Dick Van Dyke's credit fights for itself. And mm -hmm. then this is the end of the movie. The end. Yeah. Um, Man, one last thing I'm going to say about the terrible sequel. It, mm -hmm. I think that also ends with... I don't think they're flying kites, but it definitely... That, that, like the, the, the terrible thing about the sequel is that it's pretty much just a remake of the first movie. It's not even trying to be a story content continuation as much as it's just like remember this from the previous film but like mm. we're just gonna do it with slightly better special effects there's like when there's like the end of the the movie flying a kite sequence at the end of that there's a character who shows up who's obviously obviously supposed to be mary poppins but they couldn't get julie andrews so now it's angela lansbury but it's so obvious like i don't know why they kept that moment in the scene because it's so obviously was written and designed to be like where you would put Julie Andrews as a cameo, but mm -hmm. then like just Julie Andrews being like, or it's 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 Angela Lansbury being like, oh hello, look at me, I'm in the movie now too, and then the movie ends, and it's just the weirdest fucking thing. But hmm. anyway, that's the end of the original. Fucking, I can't believe this has been less than a two-hour podcast because I thought this episode was gonna be three hours long. I mean, yeah, it still me could be. Uh, but that's that's it. That's very popping. Do you want to talk about the life and death of the sun? <laughs> Oh, oh no, what happened? He only I don't know it. about this. He only made it to 21. Oh, was he? He, con he contracted his... hepatitis in India. What? what? Uh -huh. How do you do that? <laughs> wait, in wait, 1977. So, how, is this the same story for each one of the male child actors we see in any Disney thing? Yeah. It what infected his pancreas, fuck? so he went back to America, but it was too late. Wow, so I guess that's why we've never seen him show up in any of the... He's. I think he was only in three movies, so uh, if you want to see him and this girl at another movie together, they're in the Gnome-mobile. Walt Disney's <laughs> that? Gnome-mobile. That's not even Disney for the decades! What happened to that movie? <laughs> oh my god. Wow. And then he could see Julie Andrews' tits in Blake Edwards' 10, but... But then you'd have to watch a Blake Edwards movie. I know, exactly. God, Victor Victoria. I forgot about Victor Victoria. Oh my god, such... Julie Andrews, what are you doing to me? Killing me here. But anyway, yeah, so that's... No Mobile is not on Disney Plus at all. <laughs> you know, Disney for the Decades is still up. I, yeah. I, I still keep on looking for just for the... Oh, speaking of the next Disney thing. Mm. Uh, do you know what you... Well, not that you have to commit. I forgot that... I think Winnie the Pooh is in the mix. I think we'd you... watch at least one of them. Okay, yeah, because I like... I was kind of thinking about we might have to sit down and look at like, cause it, it would be feel it'd be kind of weird to skip all the Winnie the Poohs, and so I need to go back and actually I want to see if the original Winnie the Pooh is even on. Uh, I'm pretty Disney sure. Plus. It is. Let's That's, see. Isn't that in the 70s? I'd be shocked if they don't have the Winnie the Pooh collection. Winnie the Pooh. I think it's called The Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Speaking of another movie that like I had the soundtrack of on vinyl, so I watched the shit as a kid. I, this is a little bit. 
Oh, I forgot. 2011. It's been 10 years. Oh, so there was a movie that came out 10 years ago called Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's a... Uh, sorry for the people listening to us on the podcast. That's fine. We got The Jungle Book, then Robin Hood. 1977, um, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. That's the one I grew up on. Okay, so maybe we'll just do that one. But that's yeah. that's that's a while away. Yeah. Oh my fucking god, that's some fucking... That's some fucking Mary Poppins. That's yeah. some fucking... Ma- you know what? Thank the you so much. The movie that broke Baby Bill. Oh my... That's so thoroughly shaped and dented fucking Baby Bill Mudrin. Mm. Holy shit. But yeah, no, I, I, I still like that movie. Again, I yeah, have no idea. There's nothing wrong with like, liking it. I'm very appreciative that you you stuck up for two and a half hours of complete nonsense that you... you, you with patience and good humor, well, you I not only it, watched the movie twice, but then... Talk if it had, about it for two hours with me. If it had been two and a half hours long and there was a lot more, like, not musical numbers, but most of it's musical numbers, so it, you just it, you just turn you just your brain off. off. It just yeah. rolls along. Yeah. The, I forgot But there's how no many. plot, so... Yeah. I forgot how many goddamn... Mus- there is a lot of musical numbers in this movie. I, I actually forgot that, like, even the, like, like the fucking dad has, like, several musical numbers. I knew he yeah. had the be- one at the beginning, but I forgot he sings a couple times. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's. Thank you so much. It's really appreciated that you yeah, did Mary Poppins. It means a lot. I'm glad we were able to do yeah. it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything interesting else. Yeah. I even looked to see if we got any feedback about people about Mary Poppins. Um. Um. Monkey pants. Mm-hmm. We did get a question about. You saw that there was a musical about Mary Poppins, right? Oh man, my mentions are a mess right now. Uh, no, we we just had somebody was asking us if we'd seen the. Uh, oh no, I have not. The musical. And I don't I had like. Not... I don't like Mary Poppins. I think that's a recent. Uh, Catherine F. King had asked if uh, we had mm. seen or anything about the musical. Yeah. No. No. Oh my god. So what else is happening? Nothing. You playing Hot Wheels Unleashed? No, I've been playing. No, Ghost you're playing Lego Tsushima. Dimensions. Yeah, John oh, discovered Lego Dimension, so I is have Ghost to take him. Su- Ghost of Tsushima any good? Yeah, it's actually very good. Once I run out of stuff to play, I was thinking about checking that out because I've heard good. Th- I like maybe if I wait a little bit longer, it'll go on sale. Um, but yeah, Lego Dimensions. Yeah, John discovered that, and so he's been messing with all the characters. How did he discover? Did he just happen to see that he had some of the toys lying around? Uh, I just it, no, he found uh. I had a couple boxes that weren't open, and he found those, and he's like, "What the hell is this, Dad? Oh, you've been out, no. you've been holding out on me." And I was yeah. like, hey, hey. "They go with this," and he was like, yeah. oh. "Just he just likes putting the characters on them, maybe having them running around." He runs them off a cliff, they die, and he laughs hysterically. You would have a decent amount of that stuff, though, right? Because it's not like yeah. you were shy about picking up stuff for that. No, I don't have a like. He's a little bit sad that I don't have the Sonic, just because it's a recognizable character. Oh, he knows Sonic. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, but they're overpriced. Like Beetlejuice is fifty bucks now. I was about to is... ask. I was wondering if like, did you buy those? Like the. the I bought some shirt? of that stuff. I don't know. I think I bought. I'll have to go back because I've got my big box of Lego Dimension stuff, and mm. again, half of that stuff is not open because like I always meant to sit, sit, sit down. And... Actually, I wonder if I could even get that to boot the PlayStation Five. Yeah, that's what I'm playing on. Oh, there you are. Oh, go so shit. Okay, yeah. I am it, it so really, glad. Really reduces the load times because the load times are pretty bad on it. Okay, that's fuck. Yeah, that that was not fun. I'm glad to see that pretty much anything that runs on a PlayStation 4 will run on a PlayStation I 5. I think you know what. I I'll think have to. Sh- 
I think yeah. you should. Just, if nothing else, to run around the hub worlds, like, they got the E.T. hub world in there, the Gremlins hub world, and it's all kind of like recreations of the the, yeah, the Ghostbusters world yeah. you got in there. You can go, you know, on the Titanic. At the front Let's of the Titanic, there's a, the, on, the, on the very front of the Titanic boat in the Ghostbusters thing, um, there's two little skeletons, like Jack and Rose. Oh, really? In the, in the <laughs> pose, yeah. That is fantastic. Let me see. I'm just double checking to see if I ever bought the Sonic logo because I would totally let you guys borrow that. Or key, it's not. I wonder what would worry about you giving that back. I mean, so let's do Sonic. Yeah, I've never bought anything with the word Sonic in it except for I bought a digital download of Sonic Mania. But like, yeah, that's the only Sonic game I ever. No, I bought Sonic Adventure 2 on the Dreamcast. Hmm. Okay, but yeah, I do not have the Lego Dimension Sonic stuff, unfortunately. Yeah, Man, yeah, yeah, I was wondering if like Sonic uh, or if uh, Lego Dimension stuff was cheap or if it uh, if it rounded it, the curve to being super expensive. Yeah, it varies because it's Lego, but it's also Toys to Life, so everybody yeah, so. nobody gives a shit about Toys to Life anymore. But Lego collectors are weird. God, so. yeah, I can imagine, especially with like, yeah, you're only gonna be able to get those minifigures through those sets. Like, you can't. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they're never gonna come out with like an another actual like no, Lego uh, Beetlejuice toys, figure. Toys to Life things when they know it's at the very very end and everything's gonna go away, they should just unlock the shit in the game what's it gonna do what's especially it gonna like do? just put out yeah. a patch where you're like hey you can do everything now just fucking what you, go like, nuts what are you I guess, what are you protecting i guess you could argue that the people who paid for that stuff would get upset like i paid for that now you're gonna make it free like who gives a shit like i don't i wouldn't i want the that's shit that i don't have anymore that's impossible to get man speaking of which again mm. like this has got me thinking about this because i'm playing uh uh, Hot Wheels Unleashed, the new uh, Hot Wheels racing game that just came out. That is a bit of a bummer, because I got the, like, the collector set of that, which includes all these like licensed cars, like there's the Back to the Future DeLorean and stuff. But that does not automatically unlock those vehicles. All it does is throw them into a pool in which you unlock cars through blind boxes that you purchase with in-game uh, currency. Thankfully, you're not buying, you don't, you don't unlock that stuff with real money, but you have to keep on racing to earn these coins to spend on blind boxes. So it does kind of suck that I spent the extra money to, like, play as, like, the DeLorean or the Batmobile, but I can't play as any of that stuff until I've just randomly unlocked that stuff in the game. So that that's is, kind of Yeah, no, no thanks to that. Yeah, I'm still having a good time with the game, but, yeah, yeah I was kind of wondering if you guys might check it out and if that might, like, get Maybe. your kid, through, like, into Hot Wheels. He goes through phases. He's been into Hot Wheels before. Currently, he's not into Hot Wheels. Well, that's the Currently, he's all about pumpkins. Pumpkins is the shit. Really? Yeah. They had a good time with the pumpkin patch because as we're recording this is it was early funny. October. He yeah, got a little white pumpkin that he made me carve. Jack, I like it. Does he like the taste of pumpkin? I don't know if he's ever. I don't know if it is. He's just. Well, is this his first he's Halloween very, where he's, he's a very really... picky eater? Oh, okay. So this is his first Halloween where he's like really getting into the yes, like like he can get into the pumpkin part of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. He, he was interested in the carving last year. That's cool. You made a Jack skeleton pumpkin though. What he wanted, and he wants it. He'd like he's demanding Sally and Oogie Boogie. And oh Jesus! Good luck with that. Oh man, yeah. how do you even do that other? I mean, I guess. Oh man. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. You should told him that uh, uh, fucking pumpkins can only be carved. Like magically, knives won't work on pumpkins unless you're trying to make it a Jack Skellington pumpkin. <laughs> Yeah. Cause, but Jack's not easy either. Cause I mean, he's he's well, easy, but, but like he's still but it's time yeah. consuming. Cause you have to do all those lines on his mouth, the vertical the teeth, lines. the huge yeah. mouth too. Like yeah. the eyes and nose are easy, but like yeah, yeah. oof and do. 
I do see like a lot of people with Animal Crossing. They keep on replicating Jack the pumpkin czar from, mm. and that's pretty. Cause that's almost just like Jack Skellington too, but with a much simpler mouth. Yeah. But yeah, so Poppins. I don't know if we have to fluff this out with any other talk no, about stuff. No, Nothing else sure. been going on. No. So, but yeah. Now, oh shit. Um. Avatar episode. Oh, I was I was going to that too. Uh, I forgot I forgot what the format of the podcast is. Next time, more Avatar to the party, and we'll be doing. Uh, oh, it's the last four episodes of the season. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Northern Air Temple, the Water Bending Master, the Siege of the North Part One, and the Siege of the North Part Two. Yeah, we'll. Uh, by this time next week, we'll be officially be done with the first third of Tardy or of uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, we did it. Yay! Two episodes directed by, by Dave Filoni, the dude who does all the fucking Star Wars shit these days. Man, I this is Avatar next week, but I did see like the head writer on Avatar: The Last Airbender is this guy named Aaron Ehas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was wondering why no one he like I never see him doing other stuff because like his work on Avatar was held up in so such high regard. But I guess he he turned out to be a sex pest or something like that. So, yeah. uh, God damn it, dudes! Stop touching butts! For Stop touching sakes. butts! Uh, just I, I I mean you should not be touching butts to begin with. But like at least if don't do it for yourself, at least do it for your fucking um material. Fucking anyone. Says the guy who just spent like. Mm, had two hours drooling over fucking Julie Andrews, yeah. but still. Talking about sniffing her farts, this is very fun. <laughs> I'm a Bert. I can understand. Bert is the most sympathetic character in, in, in all fiction to me, because I can totally understand why Bert would be all like, Oh, Mary Poppins. I love watching you up your skirt as you fly away. That's. I, I do think it was crude that his, the last line of the movie is, he's like, I hate to see you leave, but I love to watch you go. Mm-hmm. Especially he's, while he's looking he said, up your I skirt. I could see right up your dress, Mary Poppins. <laughs> He's like a fappity 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 sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's that's Mary Poppins next week is last uh yeah, last couple episodes, last of the first season of Avatar Mm-hmm. Is it the wind is blown, we gotta get the hell out of here, I guess? Yeah, it's October time. We gotta it's blowing off and spooky Ow! stuff, I guess. This is our first October too, we're not browbeating you into doing seasonal stuff too, which is kinda yeah. nice. It's kinda nice to have like an October and a December yeah. where we just know what we're doing. There's no like Oh, what horror movies are we going to do? Or, yeah, we don't have to worry about Christmas stuff this year. Oh, it's so nice not to have to worry, to worry about what we're doing next. Yeah, it's always yeah. laid out in front of our feet, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we'll be back next week. Yeah, so uh, until then, um, feed the birds. Tuppence the, the birds. Tuppence. Step in time. Dun, dun, dun. Step in time. Step in time and feed the birds. And, uh... Spoonful. Oh, we should going to say the name all the time. Until next time. Oh man, wait a second here. Hold on. What's that? Wait, wait, wait. wait. I want to. Until next time. No. Votes for a woman. No, never mind. I'm not going to waste time with that. I was going to see how many of the songs you could name from this movie, since you're probably the biggest fan of this movie. Oh, you know, I don't know the song titles, though. I mean, I guess Mm. Stay Awake, because that's like... Most of the song titles are like Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Um... Don't, then we're not gonna do it because I don't. Stay away would be the one I would forget because that's the one no one cares about. But like, yeah. Um, Anyhow, uh, yeah. Until next time, stay awake. I guess goodbye, everybody. So long. Adios. sound.